Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, the co-creator of Bane, and I'm talking to you on Real Pop Culture. Kind of lagging a little bit there, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know what's about that. All right, real pop culture, Road to One Hundred, episode ninety-eight. I sounded like a redneck when I said hundred, hundred, hundred down there. <laughs> real pop culture, episode ninety-eight on the Road to One Hundred. We're almost there. We are almost there. I'm excited. Me too, man. I not only am I excited about. Well, first things first. I, I'm, I'm like so excited that I'm just I'm getting ahead of the whole game. We got to play our we got to play our voicemail for this week. Hey guys, this is Colin Starlin. Just got to listen to number ninety seven. It was a totally awesome show. Uh, uh, I am uh, I totally agree with the true believer segment that y'all did. They're great reader issues. Uh, they're great one shot. Uh, if you you talk a lot about the uh, about the Infinity Gauntlet, it is a great story. Uh, if you haven't picked up the trade paperback, go ahead because uh, the the other five books are really awesome. You was talking about um, uh, maybe reading some old ones and, and kind of you know uh, kind of discussing them. Uh, I'd like to get in on that. I, I, I'm always uh, I'm always reading something. And um, and as for Anthony on the Ready Player One, I can't believe that he hasn't seen the movie. I understand why he hasn't seen it as much as we talked about the book. So Anthony, uh, man, watch the movie so we can talk about it. And uh, but other than that. Uh, Congratulations on getting two one hundred, uh, three, two more to go now. So you guys are awesome. Uh, uh, great job on finding a new drummer, and uh, uh, that's about it. So uh, out more in the yard. So you guys, uh, y'all guys have a good one, and uh, talk to y'all later. Tony, I agree one hundred percent. You definitely need to get back on the show and talk to us about some of that, and and you know when and where we could do that. So he didn't. He didn't know this, but when he left this voicemail, he built in a huge segue here for for a very important thing. Where you, would that be? You could come out to our 100th episode celebration on September the 29th at Arcadia Cool Toys and Comics, Main Street, Amory, Mississippi, from between 1 and 6 p.m. We are going to have a big, big. This is just going to be an extravaganza. Yeah. It's going to be an extra most bestest. <laughs> extra most bestest. Can Domino sue me for saying that? No. They didn't come up with that word. No. But it'll be better than that, too. Gosh, we got so much going on. I'm looking at the flyer, which the flyer will be out by the time this episode airs. But uh, we're doing the live drawing for the three prize packages uh, that day at the store. We're going to have refreshments, hamburgers, hot dogs, drinks. There's going to be uh, live music from our good buddy, Robbie Ross. We're going to have author Lynn Gibson there, the Twisted Southern Southern Horror Queen. She's got her own show. She's got books she's going to have for sale. The Adrian's Fury Dragster is going to be parked in front of the store. You can come by and get your picture made with the drag car. Big Johnny Blender from Whiskey Cars and Cigars is going to be there. And being that, okay, Lynn has her own show. John has his, or we have ours, and Lynn and John are also DJs on The Edge Radio US. Yes. And all, all three shows are played on there. So I think it's pretty safe to assume there's going to be 
a, a, a large broadcasting element at play there. Yeah, definitely. I haven't talked to John about this yet, but I think they might be broadcasting the Edge Radio US on location. Uh, he was talking like they very well may do that. And we're going to do a lot of Facebook Live stuff. Of course, we're going to be recording a lot of stuff for the 100th episode. Uh, just all kinds of cool stuff's going to be going on. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of different photo op stuff for anybody that comes in there. Come get your t- picture taken with all of us. Oh, yeah, and speaking of photo op, there's going to be some award-winning cosplayers there. It's a, it's, I can say award-winning. You have a, a trophy. You, yeah, you won an award. You're right. It's, it's still, it's, it's all new to me still. So, I mean, I'm, I dig it when you say that, but at the same time, it's just like, ah, Oh, I saw the trophy. I think yeah. didn't you drink beer out of it? I did. <laughs> well, it's official. It's official. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't count unless you drink out of it. I did. So, can you tell us what characters are going to be there for your cosplay stuff? Uh We know Batman Beyond will probably make an appearance. Yeah, Batman Beyond will make an appearance. Uh Again, going to try if it doesn't fall through this time, but I'd, I'd like to have Red Hood there. And a very good possibility of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp? Ant-Man and the Wasp. Nice. So, yeah, it's a little bit of... Uh, You've got some work to do. Yeah. Because you got to finish up some of those costumes. It's a little bit of DC, a little bit of Marvel. and Yeah, I mean, I've still been steadily working on the Iron Man suit. I, I took a long break from it, but I started back on it. And I don't got but like two sections left of it but it won't be ready yet because i'm not going to display that one and until I'm, I'm perfectly happy with it so which is is this like mark four five six i mean he's up to in the 20s now in the movies no he's way on up is this the one that. where you just reach out and all the pieces come to you i wish it was the one where <laughs> i just wore the shirt like he did and it just like or the briefcase yeah you remember that, I, one? that would be cool was that iron man 2 iron man 2 yeah now this one's probably going to be uh Maybe Mark Four or Five. This is going to be the early on. There's going to be so much to do that day. That's why I'm glad we're doing it. I mean, we're going we're going to be. Of course, the com- the comic book store opens at ten. Our stuff will start around one and go till they close at six. But I mean, you can you could go in there. You can get you something to eat. You can uh, talk to all the cool people that's going to be there. You can look at the comic books. You can check out Lynn's books. Uh, it's just in time. I mean, September. Halloween's right around the corner. Yes. She's got some good spooky books for you. Hey, go ahead and buy a bunch of them. And then that buy way, when the, uh, yeah, adults, when the adults come trick-or-treating, you can stick one of those in Put their a little trick-or-treat <laughs> bag. That'd be a pretty good gift. I may, uh, you know what I'm, you know I'm going to do? I just made a decision right here, right now. Executive decision. An executive decision. I don't know what executive means, but I made one. I'm going to buy one of Lynn's books. And include it in uh, our second place prize package. That would be awesome. So we got first place, we got the, oh, I almost said Iron Man, because you were talking about Iron Man. We got the Deadpool mask, and the second and third place, we have these prize packages that just has has a bunch of stuff in them. Uh, I have to mention, uh, both of the second and third place prize packages will include audiobook CDs from Graphic Audio that they donated to us. Uh, their stuff is like really cool. You need to check it out. I'm a big fan and listener of their stuff. 
I haven't finished my Infinite Crisis uh, from Graphic Audio yet. Yeah, I need to borrow. It's it like seven CDs long, but it is good, man. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of the the prize packages, you got to call. You got to be cool like Tony, and you got to call in. You got to call us. You got to let us know you want to register. We're not going to do the Facebook thing. Uh, we're going to do a Facebook Live when we do the drawing. But in, in previous contests, we would say, hey, if you just you know, uh, reply to this post, we'll put you in the drawing. Well, we decided we're giving so much away this time, that's a little too easy. Yeah. We're going to make you actually have to listen to the show. Sorry. We're making you listen to this horrible show to win something awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the reason you have to listen to the show is because on the show is the only place where we announced that you have to use the, the voicemail line. Yeah. You know what I mean? We really don't put the voicemail line out there on Facebook. You know I mean? I mean, we do. We just didn't tell people this is how to win the mask. Right, but you have specific you got to listen to the show to yeah. know that's how to win the mask. Yeah. That's your one direction. This is the catch-all. Yeah. Makes sense to me. I don't see why people wouldn't want free stuff. I mean, it's... We're not that hard to listen to. I don't know. There was that one episode. Well, I'm not gonna tell them which one. They're gonna have to like listen to all of them to see which one I'm talking about. No, see. And you know what's cool about how everything's lining up is that you know October is such a big month for us. Well, it's gonna be the last weekend in September when we finish episode 100. So, theoretically. I'm assuming our first episode of the Halloween season is going to be episode 100. That would be a great way to start it. I mean, that's that's some talking about some planets aligning. Yep. Neil deGrasse Tyson was involved in some of this. Yeah. <laughs> I just got his book the other day, by the way. I haven't read it yet or listened to it yet. It's called Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. Is he reading it or? Yeah, he does his own narration for oh, it too. Yeah. yeah. I might actually have I like listening to people that are way smarter than me. Yeah. Makes my brain tickle. <laughs> and you know what's cool? Uh, one thing I've noticed is like it, it just turned September. And people are already talking about Halloween. I'm glad people are like embracing the... the I'm going to go ahead and, and say that, that we started this. <laughs> making Halloween a month instead of a one day. Uh, well, it's the whole I, month of October now. I, I don't know. Walmart already has their Halloween decorations and costumes starting to put out now. So well, better go get Anthony some candy corn. Oh yeah, that's out. I saw it. The Actually, other day. take your time. They ain't gonna sell that crap. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait till they mark it down. I'm so glad he's not here to defend himself. He'll be here for the outro though. He's on his way. He'll just have to hear that part. <laughs> Yep. He's defenseless at the moment. But yeah, I mean, you're right. Halloween should be a month-long celebration. Well, I mean, every, every holiday gets more time than... Like, it, uh, Christmas except, is Christmas. This is the holiday season. Yeah, except Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving uh, starts November 1st. I mean, Christmas starts November yeah, 1st. Yeah, it just seems like Thanksgiving is a, is a bigger deal than Halloween. You know, you got family come in, and you're off work for like at least a couple of days. Some people a week. Yeah. It you know, with Halloween it was just like one night of trick or treating and it's over. And 
I'm I've always liked Halloween for a couple of reasons. The main thing, again, me being from the South and this humid, hot weather, October represents a time of year where we needed a break. <laughs> and the season, the the temperature's changing. You know, you got like a nice breeze outside. The leaves are falling. It's just the weather. Everything is, it sets it up for a good, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's it, always welcome. It basically resets everything in you where it's like, okay, I can take a breath now. It's time for the heat to go away. As I started to say earlier, before I got ahead of myself, it's highly likely that this episode is going to be my favorite episode of real pop culture ever, at least in my top three. Because as time travel works with the show, we've already done this interview that you're about to hear with Chuck Dixon. Oh, I left the bell over there. I didn't realize until I went back and looked at it. It had been so long since we talked to Chuck. And I, w- I went back and listened to episode nine where we, we talked to him. And it was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, we were, we were pretty good even back then. Yeah. I think we've digressed. <laughs> well, that's entirely possible. There's been a lot of beer drinking since then. Our audio quality was good back then because that's when Rob was doing all the editing. And then it dipped way down when I started figuring it out. Let's come back up, though. Come back up a little. Don't be modest, Mark. You know you do a good job. But, man, Chuck is such a cool dude. He's so fun to interview. He's always got good stories. It's I, I took my time prepping for this one because I could literally just sit for hours and pick his brain. But he's such a busy guy, I didn't want to do, like, a long-form I didn't yeah. want to take up two hours of his life, but uh, talked to him for about 30, 40 minutes, and uh, it's, it was just a great interview. It was just I just felt like I was just talking to a friend of mine you know, that just it, happens to be one of the most legendary comic book writers of all time, and he was he's so humble, like he would laugh at, at that yeah. introduction. But dude, think about it. He created Bane. Oh, he's the co-creator of Bane. He created uh, Stephanie Brown, yeah. who has been Spoiler, Robin, and Batgirl. Yep, that's true. Major, major character. He created the Electrocutioner, who was on Gotham for an episode. Oh, crap. I got the first appearance of the Electrocutioner, too. I forgot about that. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. But, uh, you know, I wanted to be a fly on the wall the other day for the interview, but I had stuff come up, but I didn't get to hear it, so... I'm just as excited about hearing it as I think you are for me to hear it. But at the same time, I did see some of your questions that you had. And man, yeah, you were picking his brain. Well, I I took my time because doing research for this interview was fun. It's what yeah. like I'm getting to research my favorite stuff, which is Batman comics. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you, you didn't want to ask the same question that you've already asked. Oh, yeah, and that's why I went back and listened to episode nine to make sure I didn't ask any of the same thing twice. That's just good interviewing for you then. But I could interview him five more times and not ask the same question twice because of all the stuff he's done. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was awesome having him back on the show. Can't wait to have him back on again sometime. And, I, you know, 
not to not to go like over overboard with the fan fanboy stuff, but realistically, I was talking to one of y'all about this yesterday. I was like, I don't even know what this podcast would look like, or if it would even exist if it wasn't for him, because when I when I first got into comics, I was buying and, and reading comics uh, like in the late late '80s, early '90s, and I kind of got back out of it. But then when I got back into it, Nightfall was starting. Yeah, it was a perfect time to get And I was like, whoa, now this is some awesome stuff. And I was hooked. And that's what led to my comic book obsession that led to, eventually, us doing this. Yeah. I'm not saying the com- I mean, who knows how the butterfly f- effect works, but, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I definitely... I was definitely into comics, but not like I was. Not like you are now. Yeah, not until Nightfall came out. Then I was like, whoa, this is this is good. This is what I want to read. This is what I want to check out. Nightfall was a good series. Good job on that, by the way, Chuck Dixon. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> let's just get to it. Um, We'll jump to a commercial, then we'll get to the interview. And before we go to this commercial, I have to apologize to everyone for playing the wrong commercial last week. We have that, you just made the list where we, we plug ourselves, basically. Well, last week I played the old one that still said Kill Pop Culture. I don't know how or why, as I was multitasking, I just grabbed the old file and dropped it into the, the audio mix. But I'll get it right this week. We're doing the real pop culture version of you just made the list another flub that you told me about a while ago is i think i gave the wrong phone number for our call-in line. yes you did was that no, last no. week no that wasn't on last week that was oh some other episode yeah well yeah so the voicemail line is 662-305-9783 and i think i said 257 yeah 9783 I was close, but it wouldn't have got you to the right place. So if you've been trying to call us previously and you get some <laughs> little old lady, sorry about that. I think I need to learn the number, too. I mean, I just happened to catch it. and I was like, huh? wait a minute. That's not right. Well, without further ado, here we go. Legendary comic book writer, Chuck Dixon. I wanted to take a quick minute to tell everyone where they can find real pop culture online in what we call The List. You just made The List! Thank you, Chris Jericho. You can go to www.realpopculture.com. That's our website. You can listen to episodes right there. You can download the Podomatic app, search for Real Pop Culture. You can download and listen to episodes there. Our Facebook account is facebook.com slash realpopculturepodcast. Our Twitter is at realpopculture1. We're on Instagram. Search for us there. We're on iTunes, Google Play. You have to go to Google Play Music and then search for Real Pop Culture. We're on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Player.fm. All episodes are re-aired on The Edge Radio US, Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. You just made the list! You can go to AdvertiseCast.com and find out how you, yes, you, can be a part of Real Pop Culture by way of advertising. You can give us a call on our voicemail line. That's area code 662-305-9783. You just made the list! And last but not least, you can always email us, popculture4real, that's the number 4real, at gmail.com. <laughs> 
All right, I have on the line Mr. Chuck Dixon. It's so good to have you back. I had to go back and look. It was 2015 the last time we spoke. And, wow, uh, Eastern times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot's happened since then. I hope it's not as hot where you're at as it is here in Mississippi. Well, it's hot, but I'm in air conditioning, so. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we refrigerate ourselves here in Florida. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you're in the southeast, too, so you're, you're experiencing the, the humid heat. Yeah, you're probably getting a little worse, but yeah. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so glad to see you back. Well, talking about um, Bane Conquest, so glad to see you back riding Bane again, you and Graham. Tell me how that came about, man. That's I, My jaw hit the floor whenever I, I picked up the issue and saw your name on the cover. Yeah, it, um, well, it, I, I, I can't talk a lot about it. It was a long, twisted uh, path <laughs> to get there, not the traditional route that most uh, projects take. But uh, uh, we convinced uh, D.C. that uh, they needed to do something serious and uh substantial and significant with Bain, some kind of a project for Graham and I, and uh, they eventually agreed. Okay, cool. Uh, during your time away from D.C., did you have a lot of stories like this kind of knocking around in your head and and uh, have them in the holster ready to go in case, in case the callback came? Well, you know, Graham and I are good pals, and, you know, um, we, um, we share the same understanding of the character, so... Um, it was just a matter of picking up and going along where we left off. Uh, it really, it's really not more complicated than that. I noticed Bane got uh, some upgrades. He's he's got like some armor now, and uh, his mask is a little bit different. Yeah, Graham wanted to change up the look a little bit, um, and uh, he, we we changed the mask because uh, we wanted to, and especially in the early issues, it was important to show emotional reactions. And then uh, toward the end of the series, we, we got back to his more classic look. I, I watched this little YouTube show called Because Science, and they take comic book-related stuff and try to explain it, like how it could possibly exist in the real world or how it would work. And I've also often wondered what Venom would be. And in Bane Conquest, you know, that uh, what's his name kind of mentioned? He says, what's in there? Like, is that steroids? Is it, what, what do you think Venom would be? Oh, you know, there'd be there'd certainly be steroids or the uh, a human growth hormone. Um, you know, um, you know, probably some other, you know, performance enhancement. Yeah, for that, sure. Uh, you know, we're, we're you know probably toxic as hell, uh, but uh, certainly the, the the hormones, you know, testosterone up through the roof, and um, you know, um, probably probably some I would imagine some stem cell technology in there as well. One thing that's interesting is, uh, like, with the Joker in certain storylines, they've kind of alluded to the fact that the Joker does know who Batman is, but he doesn't care because uh, he's not interested in Bruce Wayne. But Bane definitely knows who Batman is. What's kept him from outing his secret to the public? Well, I think Bane sees this is a secret that he shares. You know, uh, he likes the idea that he knows and not everyone does. Uh, but that's a, you know, and, and if the world knew that, that Batman was Bruce Wayne, that would take that power away from Bane. And um, he sees his relationship with um, Bruce as a very intimate one. And uh, he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't spoil that relationship by revealing Bruce's secrets of the world. Got you. 
One thing that happened, unless I have my timelines wrong here, uh, feel free to correct me, but uh, while you were away from D.C., uh, Damien came along into the picture, and you're known for writing just amazing stories for Robin. What, what do you think about uh, Damien? Would you like to do some work with, with that character? Not really. I don't really follow the continuity. You know, once you leave a book, you know, you're not getting paid to think about it anymore. Right. That's kind of cynical and mercenary, but, you know, I moved on to other projects. I mean, I certainly care about the characters and all the rest of it, but, you know, I haven't really thought one way or the other about uh, Damien because uh, it's not my job. <laughs> right, I understand. Whenever I read Damien, I'm a fan of Damien, and when I read it, I, I, I can't help but wonder like what what would chuck dixon do with damien because you you again you're so known for your your robin stories that that are so good i imagine you could do some good stuff with him yeah it might be fun but you know nobody's asked me so <laughs> <laughs> is there any member of the batman family like the immediate like uh, the being batman family that's it particularly hard to write for um not really not really i mean the big challenge is getting batman right and, and once you sort of get that in your head everything else falls into place. I mean, I could write Bruce Wayne and Alfred scenes all day long. I used to love writing Robin and Alfred scenes. But yeah, most of the characters, they're, they're a lot of fun to write. You know, Gordon, I, I don't have any that really challenge me. The villains pose the most of a challenge mm -hmm. because, um, you know, each one has its own uh, thing that you've got to get right. If, if you get it wrong, then you're off model and the readers get upset. But yeah, the, the characters came pretty easy. Yeah, like they, well, we all grew up with them. You know, yeah. we all think we know them from reading them, but it's not till you really go to write them that you got to find out how much you, how, you got to figure out your own understanding and your own approach. How do you approach writing? Do you do you sit down and say, all right, I'm, today I'm writing from one o'clock to five o'clock, or do, or do you just kind of write as it comes to you? I, I, um, I, I, well, I'm writing all the time, you know, in my head. You know, um, when I finally actually sit down at the keyboard, I've kind of got worked out where I want to go that day. And uh, I give myself a page minimum. Like I want to complete, you know, five to, or eight pages today. Uh, and that keeps me on deadline for the week. Because I like to do a, at least a script a week and uh, a little bit of, um, you know, wiggle room there uh, to fit in other stuff. And, um, you know, so, um, yeah, it's not a hard and fast, like I'm going to write from 11 to 5. It's like I'm going to sit down now and I'm not going to get up until I've written the minimum pages I promise myself right do you ever have other writers kind of like consult with you or pick your brain about if they're writing Bane because I mean you are the creator of Bane so well yeah Bane, Bane was unusual uh, because uh, following you know after I left DC that he continued to use Bane and the three writers who wrote for me the most significant stories after I left um, Tony Bedard Gail Simone and Scott Beatty, they, all three of them contacted me and they had a lot of questions and I, I felt that they treated the character correctly, you know, uh, but they had a lot of questions because there's a lot unsaid about Bane. You don't get everything from reading the story. There's a lot there right. that uh, is implied. So, and they understood that, which was great. And uh, I was very uh, gratified that, that all three of them, uh, you know, at different time periods contacted me with questions. Yeah, because I mean, if you've got a continuity question, I mean, why not? Why not call the guy that the who had the character come out of his head, basically? Yeah, mostly it was about motivation and you know what would he do in this situation or how would he feel about this, you know. And I just gave them you know basically my understanding of the character. 
I really liked the uh, I Am Bane storyline. The the one they did just recently in the, in the well fairly recently in the in the Batman comics. There was like some really really big nods to Nightfall in that. I thought. In fact, it it almost felt like a it it could have been almost a, a continuation of Nightfall. Did you read that one? I saw bits and pieces of it. I didn't read the whole thing. The only th- the only thing I thought was weird is that uh, Bane kind of hangs out naked on a throne of skulls sometimes. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's a little over the top even for Bane. <laughs> that's a little strange. <laughs> you know, I've always. I mean, I, I, you know, in, in his downtime, I always just saw him working out or playing chess or sleeping off a a venom high. <laughs> yeah, not meditating naked on a mountain of skulls. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you see him as a big meditator. <laughs> There's been so many nods to Nightfall and so many references, and they're, they're still happening. Like uh, on the show The Flash, uh, when uh, Zoom broke Barry Allen's back and then took him to the police station and threw him off the balcony. Oh. I was like, they, that, that's got to be a Nightfall nod, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it, it was a very influential event, and I, I think that you know it all goes back to Denny O'Neill. I, I give him all credit because he really laid down the groundwork and gave us a template to work in. It was just classic, classic storytelling. And, um, you know, everybody working on it worked hard to rise to the occasion. I think that's that's why people remember it to this day, because it was so well thought out from the beginning, and, and we all worked so damned earnestly to make it all work. They, uh, what did you think about them briefly bringing back the Asbat suit in the current Detective Comics? I think it was like nine... 62. Um, yeah, I, I mean, boy, everybody hated that suit. <laughs> the artist hated it. <laughs> it was, uh, I don't think they, I can't remember, it's been a while since I read it, but they didn't directly, like, say it was the Nightfall suit, but I mean, come on, it was the Nightfall suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I think they should just retire that forever. <laughs> I, I do like the I do like the little nods, you know. It's just like paying respect, I think, to yeah, to really yeah. good stories sometimes. Yeah, it's very cool. I mean, you know, Nightfall is one of those things that you know it's uh, it touched enough people, and and a lot of them are you know they were probably much younger when they read it, and they're in the business now, and it was an influence on them, and that's that's kind of cool. Uh, there's a, a the electrocutioner the electrocutioner which you also created was an episode of Flash. No, it was on Gotham, I think. Okay. Uh, and okay. yeah, that was that was really cool. And there's a I, I just found this out the other day. I realized it. There's a character named Nightfall in Batgirl comics. Oh really? Yeah, she it's it's in the uh, the New Fifty Two run. Oh okay, okay. Uh, and I was wondering. Like if that, say, I don't I don't follow current continuity, so you know I only hear about stuff if people are related to me. I uh I've always wished they would make a Nightfall movie, but the, the Nightfall story's been borrowed from in the movie so yeah, many, yeah, yeah. So many times. <laughs> it's been picked over so many times for, for use in other stuff. But one, <laughs> one thing they could still do, and I think would be great, because they just did the Death of Superman animated film. Uh, wouldn't it be awesome if they did a, a Nightfall animated movie? It'd be nice, you know, and, and it certainly, if, if Death of Superman was... Um, successful, you know, financially, there's no reason why not to do Nightfall, because Nightfall was every bit as successful as the Death of Superman comic series. The last time I talked to you, we we talked a lot about uh, the Dark Knight Rises movie. Of, of course, it, it was great to see Bane on the big screen. 
In hindsight, in hindsight, I guess my biggest uh, problem is, I don't know why they saw fit not to use the Venom. Uh, and in the comics, you see Bane without his mask just as much as you see him with it on. His mask right. isn't a necessary thing. He just uses it to conceal his identity, basically like Batman does. Um, but that that was kind of my my biggest beef with that. Were you were you pretty happy with with everything, or do you? Were you... I, I, well, the the biggest thing for me is that the movie turned him into a household name. I mean, every, everybody knows who he is now. Yeah, right, I don't right, have to yeah. explain who Bane is anymore. And uh, and of course, that gives him longevity um, as a character. It's, he's permanently cemented now into the Batman uh, Rose Gallery, which is you know. I can't. I, I still can't really get my head around that. You know that, that he's right there, up there with Joker and Catwoman and Riddler and the rest, and um, and anyway, will be. You know for the conceivable future because he's you know he's extremely popular. Uh, people really like him. Even people that don't read comics know who Bane is, and uh, so and I like in the movie that they treated him like an intellect, uh, a mastermind, not just a, a brute. Right. Yeah. Because he was Batman's uh, intellectual equal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, um, he's a chess player. He's um, he's he's always one step ahead. I was kind of late to the party on this this one thing. Uh, it was just maybe three years ago. I realized there was an audio book uh, adaptation of Nightfall that the BBC yeah. did. I was like, how did I not know about this? I, I couldn't believe it because I I think I own about everything that's got the word Nightfall on it. So I had to go out and get it. And whenever whenever I got it, have you listened to that? Yeah, yeah, that's a blast because uh, it's great at the end uh, with uh, Mark Hamill reading all of our names. <laughs> oh yeah, I bet. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. I really, uh, we all got a kick out of that when they did that. I thought it was a cool nod too, and I I heard it in the audiobook version. And is it in the comic too, where there's like a talk show host and they mention the yeah. name Chuck Dixon? Yeah, <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> That was neat. I, I, we, we, you know, in the battles, we, I mean, we were riding high in the battles. We were in the middle of nightfall, and, and they're doing this audio adaptation with a lot of great actors. And then, you know, the animated series was basically building at about the same time. And uh, we were working a lot with the animation people. So, you know, it was a, it was a real creative furnace there for, for a couple of years. Do you do a lot of cons, appearances at comic book stores and stuff like that? I, I do, like, appearances if I can drive to them here in Florida. I mean, I do a lot of store appearances. I do, I do library shows and things like that. But I don't travel around in cons anymore. It's just, you know, I could, but it, it just doesn't interest me. Right. How many copies of Vengeance of Bane do you think you've probably signed in your lifetime? It has to be in the tens of thousands at this point. Wow. I always joke to, to someone who puts one down in front of me. I said, you know, this might be the last one without my signature on. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but I have, I've literally signed, you know, probably tens of thousands of them. Well, well, I know of one that doesn't have your name on it. And now that I know that you live in Florida, I'm going to be eyeballing your appearances because that's not that far of a drive for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Vengeance of Bane. Or make a con Tampa or make a con Orlando sometime I go to them. Oh, nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the Vengeance of Bane 1 and 2 was perfectly bookended, like, not only storyline-wise, but even visually, because on the covers they're they're facing each other and it's kind of flipped. Uh, I think that's a perfect, like, set. However, being that it's they're so popular... Did, has, was it ever talked about 
or do you might approach you about maybe doing Avengers of Bane three or four? No, it never never came up because um, we never did. I mean, if, if you remember, Avengers of Bane obviously was leading into Nightfall. Mm-hmm. Avengers of Bane two was made, played a big part in, in Legacy crossover, and um, we never really did another crossover where Bane was a central figure. So pretty much. Our, uh, for Graham and I, our, our Vengeance of Bane 3 is that uh, Bane of the Demon miniseries we did. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, that was that was so much fun to work on. Yeah, that's that's where, um, and correct me if I'm wrong if I'm getting my stories mixed up, because I've read so many Bane stories, but that's the one where he was off the Venom and kind of made a, a big comeback, because uh, I remember thinking, like, he, this guy's supposed to be a bad guy, but I'm really cheering for him right now because he's he's like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it's it's hard yeah. to it's hard to boost somebody when you're you're sympathizing with them and and you're you're rooting for them. Well, that was the thing. You know, we built that into Bane that there's a there's a real um, empathy for the guy because um, you know even though he does this evil stuff and everything else, you can kind of understand where he's coming from because that's such a horrible traumatic childhood right. that 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 he became Bane to survive in that environment, and then it, it left him unsuited for uh, living peacefully in the normal world with the rest of us. So, you know, there's that, that built-in sympathy. And I think it, a good villain needs that element where, you, where every once in a while you just go, oh, man, the poor guy. You know, it's like on The Sopranos where, you know, you watch The Sopranos and then there's moments where you really like Tony Soprano. You're like, oh, man, he's a really good guy. And then five minutes later you can't stand him because he does something horrible. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, that's you know... You know, if you can walk that line with a villain character, you've succeeded in creating a villain that people remember. So, with uh, with the the one in 2017 conquest was number 12. Is that it? Is that the- yeah? That's it. It was a 12 issue series uh, planned from the beginning. It's all one big story. I mean, if you read it beginning to end, you know it's obvious it was all planned. There's there's like many arcs in it, but it's all part of one big saga. Is there any any talks of anything else like no, that? We, there's no talks of anything else. Gotcha. This, this may very well be my uh, swan song at DC. I made kind of a little, I think I made a discovery when I was uh, finishing out my Nightfall collection. I decided even though I had every book and every tie-in to go buy all the second and third printings. And yeah. I didn't notice this at the time, which actually those some of those are kind of rare and pretty expensive, like the third prints on some of them, because they did yeah. short, like short runs, so there's less of them. But I always knew that like DC would put like a Roman numeral two or three, but then, right. but then I, I had two of them right next to each other, and I was like, wait a minute, they flipped the colors, like they were starting to do subtle little things, like the Batman logo would be like blue, and then the the bat symbol. Yeah, behind. yeah, there was a lot of that. I mean. It, it, the guys, the guys working under Denny at the time, it was uh, Scott Peterson, uh, Jordan Gorfinkel, and Darren Vincenzo. They were really into all that stuff. I mean, and into the trade dress and all, which is a good thing. I, you know, they were geeky in a very good way, and uh, those things were all like Easter eggs for the readers. And uh, it was they were very involved and very earnest about doing this stuff. That's why I loved working with those guys. Well, that could have very well been the beginnings or the birth of variant covers. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, but they were, um, you know, and I, I, I wasn't that into the variant covers or anything else, but boy, uh, the money was good. Yeah. <laughs> they really did, they really did help move issues, and they got more comics into the hands of readers, and I guess, well, that's what it's all about. Yeah, and it's weird because normally the first run would be the one 
especially like eBay wise, I guess that would be yeah. most expensive. But I paid three times more for a third print of one of them than I did for the for the original. Yeah, because they were able to go back and literally, you know, print another fifty thousand copies. You know, of a book that in its first one might have been a quarter of a million copies, uh, but they were able to keep at it. Because I remember on um, uh, my second Robin miniseries, they kept going back to press over and over and over and over again, uh, which was wonderful. You know, okay. because it meant there was demand. You know, uh, plus, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't bad for my, uh, you know, paycheck, so. For sure. Well, see, and now you've got, uh, you know, they redid the trades, and now you got the omnibus stuff. And that's yeah. really cool to have the entire Nightfall in one giant book. Yeah, that, that had stuff in it that even I had forgotten about. There's that short story of uh, Bane that, uh, that I wrote and Eduardo Barreto drew. Um, and I completely forgot about that. And then I opened the book. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, <laughs> where's this from? And I had to, I emailed Scott Peterson. I said, where did this originally appear? And he said it was in some secret origins book. I completely forgotten about it. Mm, I need to go check, make sure I've got that. <laughs> yeah, it's in the, it's in the, it's the, um, it's, it's like a short six or seven page thing of Bane's point of view of breaking into the Wayne Manor. So oh. it's like it's like from his point of view, and Barreto, uh, well, obviously, Eduardo Barreto was gorgeous artwork. If it's on, if it's listed on the Nightfall Wikipedia page, I definitely have it. Yeah, yeah. it's in a, yeah, it's in a secret origins. Because uh, I printed off the Wikipedia page and I, I got a highlighter and went through and made sure I had every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got it bad. In the comic world, it's it's kind of hard to to own complete sets of things, especially like something like Batman that dates so far back, but you can you can realistically get everything Nightfall. I have. <laughs> and I'm not rich. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that hard. to, to the, the Vengeance of Bane stuff is pretty expensive, but they printed so many copies of Nightfall, you could still get them, you know, reasonably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're not rare, that's perfect, by any means. I mean, that, that was... You know, Denny, Denny O'Neill told me just before he retired that Nightfall was the last time, the last DC Comics project that was profitable strictly as a publishing venture. It was strictly as a comic book was profitable. Uh, after that, they, 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 DC no longer made a profit off the comic themselves. It was all off of licensing. Hmm. Well, as, as Nightfall was wrapping up, um, you were approaching like the company-wide crossover zero hour and uh, that was like set in stone that had to happen, I would imagine. Did that yeah. kind of rush the timeline to hurry up and wrap up everything and get it over with to make make way for that? Not really. We had, we had a lot of advance warning on Zero Hour that it was coming. Um, these things would only cause a problem for me because I used to work so far in advance that sometimes I would work and they would go, oh my gosh, you're, this arc lands right in the middle of this. I didn't want to just pin you down about Nightfall. It's it's hard for me not to resist. It's hard for me to resist because I'm such a such a huge fan. That's when I came into comics. Was when Nightfall was first starting, and I was instantly hooked. And like I said, I I had to buy everything Nightfall related, even the action figures and and all that stuff. Um, but I, I did notice going back uh, going back to Wikipedia that you got to do a Nightmare on Elm Street run. That's pretty cool. Let me see. It was. Um Ben Abernathy was at Wildstorm, and uh, he and I had talked a few times. We worked on something before, I forget, and he, he reached out to me and he said, uh, we're going to do the New Line Horror books, and it was uh, Texas Chainsaw and Friday the 13th and Nightmare, and he says, we want to give you, I want to give you your choice of whichever of the three you want to do. 
And I said, well, no question, it's got to be Freddie. Um, the other two don't interest me. And so they um, they put me on it. And um, from what I understand, New Line was very strict and they were very tough. And um, but my stuff sailed through. My everything I did sailed through without any changes or any rewrites. Uh, but they, they, they gave um, they gave the other writing teams hell on their books uh, because they felt they weren't getting the stuff right. But but I was pretty much left alone. Or you know, either they just liked what I was doing. I, I guess I got Freddie right. uh, the way they understood him. So that was that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun to work on. I can imagine. And the thing is, I, I it's weird because I. Um, Years before, when Marvel had the, the, the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, and they did a magazine for a while, um, I was in the middle of writing the book, going to be the final issue, when they canceled the book, and they literally called and canceled me in the middle of writing the script. They said, stop writing, we've canceled the book, because they, they got pushed back from some parents group hmm. uh, about the book. And, um, and so then I, I took the story I wrote for Marvel and, and reused it for the first arc on the Wild Short book. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> I like the idea. So, are you a big fan of horror? Uh, yeah, a lot of it. Certain franchises. Yeah, I, I you know, um, I like if it's, um, you know, some horror I don't care for. Some I do. I like Freddy. I like a uh, uh, figure of mine now is that this Conjuring universe that uh, James Wan's come up with. I really like that stuff. We, you know, you talked about like there's been certain people consult with you for like uh, stuff with Bane. Do you? Is there somebody like for continuity reasons that you consult with to, to write for Freddy? Not really. No. I mean, I watched the movies. I mean, I knew the movies. I thought I understood the universe of it. And it's funny because I've got a, a fan who was on my message board all the time, and, and his understanding of Freddy and mine always differed. He would argue. On, on, our, on my message board where he said you got everything wrong I said well according to New Line I didn't so, <laughs> you know uh, obviously you have a different approach to the character but I'm so um, yeah I really didn't I really didn't uh, I, I tend to when I write just write and then if I make a mistake if the if the licensor or editor or whatever says you got this wrong I'd rather go back and rewrite than sit there and, and second guess myself so I just sort of fly with the stuff, and then if, if I have to go back and redo stuff, I'm, that's fine. That's on me because that's that's my that's my process. You had mentioned a story in an interview you did on another podcast. You talked about uh, what is it called? The mini suits of Batman. Oh, the one thousand. One thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strange costumes of the Batman. That's it. Right. It's funny how like I was thinking when I was listening to that. You said that. You know, you did some nods to that story because you really liked it, and now there's so many people doing nods to your stories. Um. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I used elements of that in the second Robin miniseries, and then I, I, I did a parody of it in The Simpsons with Parkman, and then I did a parody of it in Spongebob. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, it's the, it's the first Batman story I remember reading when I was a kid. I was probably six or seven. that really got to me really stuck with me. It's a, it's a great story. It's really a Robin story when you get right down to it, but it's, it's a great story. Is there anything else you're interested in, in getting into besides writing comics? I know you've, you've done some, you've messed around with some screenplays and stuff like that. Is that something you're interested in branching out into? No, I, I hate writing screenplays. I, I don't get writing screenplays. I, I had to do it on a project for Lionsgate. I did a thing for web, a web content thing that, that never came to fruition, it was supposed to be computer 
animated thing, uh, but I hated every second of it. I just don't have a feel for it. I mean, I write novels. I've written over 20 novels, and that's a little easier for me. But um, comics are my thing. I mean, that's the thing I want to do the most. That's the thing. That's the gift that God gave me was is writing comics. So, um, you know, I got into the prose when I wasn't getting uh, enough comic assignments to keep me busy. And uh, but now I've got a lot of comics. So I'm sort of dialing back the, the novels. Awesome. Well, um, I'll let you get back to work. I know I know you're a busy guy. you got a lot going on. Do you have anything you want to plug before we go? Any uh, projects you're working on you want to talk about? Uh, i got a crowd funder going on at Indiegogo for a book called QAnon uh, from uh, Arcaven. Uh, so that's going on. We're raising money for that. We're doing well. We're, 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 we've already passed our goal in just a few days. And, um, you know, uh, I currently, uh, you can order the first issue of Van Helsing's Sword of Heaven that's um, out from Xenoscope. It's uh, the Van Helsing's, uh, the, the heir to the Van Helsing legacy, Hunting Down Vampires. It's, it's a cool character. And uh, I just uh, released uh, my latest Levon Cave novel, the fifth novel in a series. It's called Levon's War. And you can find that on Amazon. And just generally put my name on Amazon. You'll see a whole bunch of stuff I've done. Oh yeah, uh, the Dixon verse. Is that uh, that's Dixonverse.net? Is your uh, website? Well, actually, ChuckDixon.net is the place you can go. Okay, ChuckDixon.net. Want to see articles and things that I've written? Awesome. Yeah, there's a database thing that I pulled up one time, and I was like, whoa, this guy does a lot of writing. <laughs> You've written yeah, so yeah, many yeah. stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm over forty thousand pages of comics. Wow. So that's impressive. Yeah, it is. It is. But it was all fun. Never felt like work. <laughs> well, well man I appreciate you calling in again it's always good to talk to you thank you for all the awesome stories that you've written and, and continue to write and thanks for being so accessible I, uh, as busy as you are I, I thought we would have had to have you know maybe jumped through some hoops but you were just like yeah cool let's do it <laughs> no 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 hey you know I'm, what's not to like I get to talk about me <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> so, yeah send me a link so I can uh, you know put out the word so come listen to it. Will do, man. Well, I had a good time talking to you. We'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, certainly, yeah. Let's not wait three years. Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. You have a good day. Thanks again. You too. Bye. Bye. Those new band shirts look awesome. Where did you get those done? At Anarchy Design. They do screen printing now? Oh yeah, they do professional custom screen printing at a very competitive rate. Well, where can I find them? Look them up on Facebook, facebook.com slash anarchydesign69 or email them at anarchydesign69 at gmail.com. You can check out some of their work on their Facebook page. When you're ready to order, you can send them your idea or they can design it for you. It's a one-stop shop for all your screen printing needs. That's anarchydesign69 at gmail.com. It's a one-stop shop for all your screen printing needs. That's anarchydesign69 at gmail.com. And we're back. Yeah. I just like saying that. <laughs> <laughs> like he's a game show host. Well, the guy's on the Sanchi Legend. He says it all the time. No. And I, I don't know, I just picked up saying it because I, lo I love listening to them. Speaking of which, have you listened to the newest one? Um, I, the one I just finished was the one about the lighthouse. Okay, so you've got two... 
No, I take that back. There was no, like you uh, to the, the UFO the, mountain. Yeah. How does stuff like that happen and we don't know about it? Just because it's overseas. I mean, it's literally. <laughs> I like, mean, this. <laughs> this is 2018. It doesn't matter where it happens. Yeah, but I've read about all those on different things. What was the name of it? Now people are going to be wondering what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, they can go check out Astonishing Legends. <laughs> we just gave them a good plug. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm. There's very few podcasts I will plug that I listen to. Those guys, yeah, I, like I love them. listening I like to those guys. You really like the, the Black Eyed Kids thing. You said it Dude, I, every time I walk outside, I think of the Black Eyed Kids. <laughs> I do too. Every time? Every time. At night. Because I go out. Cause I now walk, I know a good prank to pull. Like when uh, I also I also have firearms in me. <laughs> <laughs> so much. And I got to shoot a kid. Yeah, pretty. If he's got black, black eyes. eyes <laughs> and he, he's got black eyes and jumps out oh, at sir, me. I swear. It ain't black <laughs> eyes. <laughs> And it was saying trick or And if he's a kid, I got a pretty good punt too. Now, I mean, I can punt like you know, like a thirty-yard punt. So we learned a lot about you. Today. Uh, yeah, this yeah. kid's at my door saying, "Can I come in and use your telegraph?" Kids, if you're listening to this and you live in the Amory area, do not go to Anthony's house. Well, it's especially I, with black eyes. I work like when I when I'm transitioning from days to nights. I'll like run to the store at like three o'clock in the morning to go get me something to drink or something because I'm, I'm I'm in town. I just run over to the. Under the, I just oh, yeah, it's just right there. It's just right there. I, I do that every once in a while. As soon as I walk outside and shut the door, start looking around. Where the kids at? I run to the car and get in. Now, can I give me that flashlight? So I'm. <laughs> Especially if the dog's gone. It's like, man, they ate my dog. If they ate my dog, yeah. something's up. Wait, I don't remember that. One of them ate a dog? No, but I just think that in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, Stephen King, what's yeah. wrong with you? <laughs> Well, you might, my dog, he's like right there. He knows when I'm going to come outside. He's like looking at me when I come out. So. Yeah, and if somebody's in the yard, Bane's going to let you know there's somebody in the oh, yeah, yard. Yeah, there's a dead guy in my yard. If there's, if there's a guy in my backyard, he's dead. <laughs> Especially yeah. at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> Bane's Bane don't play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find that episode so we can tell everybody what, it, what it's called. Uh, I don't like... Um, I can pull it up really quick. We're not uh, affiliated with Apple other than they... They have us out there, so I don't mind saying this. Here it is: the the Berwyn Mountain UFO incident. That's it. They call it Roswellsh, and it happened January twenty third, nineteen seventy four. There was this huge UFO thing that occurred, and I'm like, this is two thousand eighteen, and I'm just hearing about this. But this happened in the like there was like what hundred seventy. There was over a hundred people that called in UFO sightings yeah. when that happened. Did you know Astonishing Legends on Spotify? Yeah. And no, but I'm not surprised. That's where I that's where first I heard from them on Spotify until I got Stitcher. We're not, I don't think we're cool enough to be on Spotify. We're, we don't, we're not near Kill Jay is. Enough. Yeah, we're going to need about a million more subscribers yeah. before they'll look at us. You know, it's September now. And we probably wouldn't be able to get them for October. But they, they've been doing appearances on other podcasts. Yeah. That, we need to try to like get an interview with them like record it now and save it till October well I'm That'd telling you I cool. still think we need to do a bumper up and just let them know hey we we, we talk about y'all during the podcast yeah. bam because I have found several podcasts that I listen to now from them from, from them but yeah the hillbilly uh, horror stories I think they were on that uh, that show that well yeah that's where I found them at and that, started listening to them they're out of Nashville, right? Yeah, they're right I've, outside Nashville. I've listened to a couple of them. I've actually thought about making a road trip when they do appearances. Yeah, say, yeah. that would be cool to do. Since we're in the uh, the horror theme right now, 
And I, I, I was just thinking about this the other day. I really like how, like, just culturally, like, everybody's kind of embracing Halloween. It's Acceptable. Like, it's like a whole month now instead yeah. of just one day. Oh, yeah. Because, like, like when, when Christmas rolls around, like, all of December is Christmas. It's Christmas oh, yeah, season. Oh, yeah. The Halloween candy's out of Walmart. Right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. They've, uh, Go like, places like Joann's and, and Hobby Lobby, they've already got nothing but Halloween decorations. There's so many elements to Halloween. The Halloween like store them. just opened yesterday, oh, Friday yeah. or Saturday. One. I need to go by the mall. And here's the main thing I like about Halloween. They got their own store now. Mm-hmm. It's finally a break from this mall. brutal heat. For real. <laughs> That's really? when the, the fall is coming in. The leaves fall. are changing. There's a nice breeze blowing. It's not freezing cold, but it's not torrid heat anymore. It's a good games of football instead of the cheesy uh, preseason Yeah, and it's almost like the spooky stuff is, yeah. is uh, just an added it's, bonus. It's just an added bonus. Yeah. And they got candy corn. Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Show's over. <laughs> <laughs> I right, want you go ahead and hand me one of them. I'm going to get you some candy corn. I'm going to get you one of the big, like, jaggers. Don't get the, the weird purple now. The one that's, like, like changing the color. It's not the they, candy corn. They have it, but it's this big. Like, it's bigger than a oh, football. Yeah. Uh, and ex- you're going to eat it, too. Except for the candy corn flavored pumpkins, I'll make myself sick on those. I like the candy. The apple. little bitty, the little bitty pumpkins. I will hurt yeah. myself on those. I like the candied apple flavored ones. You had them? Uh, well, no. That's oh, weird. There's only the only one kind of candy corn. So and it tastes good. like candy corn. That's the candy. No, I mean it tastes like candy corn, but it tastes like apple. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I like candy corn. I do too. So anyway, with that in mind, this segues into something that Kella sent me. Hold on. What? In stereo. Echoes. You sent that to me a couple weeks ago. Uh, no, I sent it to you this week. Oh, was it? It was a uh, YouTube video of the. It's like one of those top ten things. But it was like ten. It's some, the, the title was something like it's ten ten remake, uh, horror, horror movie remakes. remakes. Yeah, that you didn't know were happening or something. Like yeah, that. I haven't seen that. It's really cool, man. Because uh, well, it's really interesting. I'll say that. Some of the ones that they're remaking, you're like, yes, that's going to be great. And then some of them, you're like, well, I'm nervous how about, are they going to uh, pull yeah, that off? I'm nervous about all of them. Because here's, man, and I hate to sound like the old guy, but there's something about the 80s horror movies that were more creepy because everything was practical. Yeah. And the ca- like, the camera quality was like lower grade. So it actually made it, it actually seem... somehow made it scarier. Yeah, and you was a kid. And it, it relied solely on storytelling. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but you also got to think, some of the practical uh, effects they used literally made them horrible and cheesy, which kind of gave it that better, that B-rated aspect. Like the original Pumpkinhead, oh, my God, that was horrible. But it's one of my favorites. It's horrible. The monster was horrible. It's horrible horrible now. The story was great. It's horrible now when you go back. Yeah, the last one I watched. When you first watched it. It's only horrible when you put it in... Today's retrospect. When you get a juxtaposition between now and then. Um, oh. <laughs> Big old words. <laughs> I'm not even counting. Between now, now Mark, and then. Mark's pinching his ears closed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm thinking of a better place. But Are we uh, recording this? When you, yeah. uh, okay, good. When you compare them movies to now movies, but that's when it looks cheesy. 
but that it's better. It's better. Yeah. I agree. I agree. One hundred percent. It's better. I'm. I'm, I'm not. So gonna the, say like, it's all because I don't like the. I, I, there's something. I would rather come up with a different word than cheesy because you're, when we say cheesy, it's almost like it's a bad thing, but it's really not. Right. The well, quote unquote cheesiness is one of the things I like about it. Now there's the ones that are just campy cheesy. Right. But those were sometimes almost on purpose, like the original Evil Dead. Like that stuff was great, but they were trying to be cheesy. Yeah. I think they were. No, he, he even said he was trying to... Because he was making fun of horror movies at the time. It's, like because they watched, were all that campy, cheesy, but trying to pull it off as serious. Yeah. You watched Terminator 2, like Terminator 2 is awesome. Mm-hmm. Because Terminator was awesome. And there was such a gap in between the two. You know, the anticipation of 2 was great. So everybody, a lot of people went back and watched part 1. Me included. Watching, going back and watching part 1 was almost hard to watch. Yeah. I thought it held up. To that part. If the first time I saw it, it was yeah. 2015 or something, maybe not. Yeah, but, but going back and seeing the special effects, it was... It oh, was, the special it, effects, It, it yeah. was kind of hard They didn't hold up to part two, but the story... That, story was that's where That's where it comes in. They really relied more on the story back then because that's all they had. Yeah. Well, let me take the movie... They didn't have, even, they didn't have decent budgets. Let's take the movie The Gate, for instance. They used the claymation style. Yeah. It, but, it, but it scared the crap out of them. Creepy shit. Yeah. But yeah. now, and looking back the, at it, it still has that creep factor to it, but... The I fact can that see it being a little corny. Yeah. What was that? What was which Jason? Which Nightmare on Elm Street was it when they got his bones and his bones got up and it was animated and he was dancing around as a skeleton? That Freddy. was uh, Army of Darkness. Is that Army of Darkness? Yeah. There was a scene cut, that that happened. He cut up Linda. Didn't Jason? Shed. Didn't uh, Freddy do that too? I no. thought Freddy was like a spine and he come up like a like no, a Lord, snake or something. That was. Just, yeah, that's when they, he got rebirth. That was yeah. rebirth or whatever it was. Yeah, but yeah, that, that skeleton was was hard. It was. I thought it was cool. I'm, his arms, Freddy's arms stretched way out. Oh yeah, that was, that, was cool. that looks yeah. cool though. That looks cool now. I don't know, but how do you pull off creepy in today's in today's movie world? I just don't. It's it's not really. It's like we was talking about last night with Silence of the Lambs. It is a psychological thriller. Right. Everybody now has got desensitized to actual horror so now it's called gore yeah it's got to be gorier than the last one it's not really the scare factor it's the the turn your stomach sick factor yeah Yeah. but a psychological thriller was still it'll still mess with your head yeah i don't remember he was he was in the junkyard and they found his bones in the trunk of the car oh yeah oh yeah damn that's been a long time they have a figurine for sale with a glove. I forgot all about that. How much is that? I don't know. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> Find out how much that is while we talk about what's wrong with scary movies nowadays. Well, I just I can't put my finger on it, man. Like they just had that perfect blend. They had it figured out. Yeah. And they had it figured out because that's all they had. They yeah. didn't have budgets. They didn't have CGI. Sometimes they didn't even have good acting. Yeah. But they still pulled it off. When that was back, it's like Sam Raimi was saying, that was back when horror movies were essentially a European B-rated thing. No, no big production company wanted to be a part of it. It's still kind of that way a little bit. But anyway, let's get on with this list because I don't have my charging cord and my laptop's about to die. Uh, Pumpkinhead is being remade. Yes. I'm really nervous and really excited. They got to do it right, man. Yeah. 
They got to um, do it right. They will get it's it wrong. It's got to be a good story. If they use any kind of special effects, they'll get it wrong. They will use every kind of special effects. They need to use well, a It's ro- going to be like the last one they put out where Pumpkinhead looked like a animatronic spider crawling yeah. down the wall. Well, now, here's it's the thing. The when we talk about Pumpkinhead, let's, let's keep it in the context of Pumpkinhead 1 because 2, 3, and 4. It, no, it was no. Pumpkinhead 1. And I hate that. If it's I a, wanted part two to be good. If it's a robot. <laughs> part two it, was okay. If it's a puppet, I, I'll be okay with it. Yeah, as long puppets. as it's a puppet. It's the, I guarantee you they're going to do. Yoda was a puppet. They, they do a, puppets. The literal. If they do a green screen, <laughs> green screen. You know computer, they're going to. I don't like it. Because that's what you they did in the last to. one, and it it looked horrible. They had a man in a suit in Pumpkinhead One. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I tried to find that's out fine. who it was, so I wanted to interview him. Couldn't find out who it was. I did, but I don't remember. It was a long time ago. It was like several Octobers ago. But yeah, that's going to be a definite hit or a miss. The storyline is going to have to be great. Unless they redo the original storyline. But see, sometimes that doesn't work because it's too much like the original. Yeah. Like, uh, And I know everybody's going to talk about the Freddy Krueger voice, but the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street was the same story, just rinse and repeat. I don't yeah. know. To me, it was completely different. His backstory was, was completely, completely different. different. Some 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 stories need a rinse and repeat. You just need Maybe. to retell the story in a modernized way. Yeah. Some of them are like that. Some don't, but some do. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Pet Cemetery, but the person doing the Pet Cemetery, and by doing, I don't remember if it was the producer. I think it's the same producer. Same producer did it, the new it okay. movie. So that that's I'll be okay with that. That's going to be an interesting. Because that's not. There's no. That just have to be a bad story. Well, there's no real wrong way to there's do no, that. Yeah, there's no. Stephen wrong. King wasn't that high up on Pet Cemetery, like of the, the story itself. He, yeah, he, he hated it, a, it. He thought it was just a throwaway story that he wrote. He always writes a, uh, a story in between his books. Like he'll write a big book and he'll write a story. He'll write a big Wouldn't book. Wasn't Pet Cemetery one of those? Well, I think, he uh, said Pet Cemetery was when he was at his lowest depression uh, and he was drinking a lot, and he just throwed that out just to have something to do. Like when I was listening to one of his books, one of his books, and he has he, he always does like a, a author's note at the end of it. And uh, when he wrote Carrie, he wrote a vampire story after, which was Salem's Lot, but he just called it. A- <laughs> <laughs> wow. But he'll sometimes they're they're big stories, and sometimes they're. I wish I was that talented that like the throwaway songs throwaways I write are, are, yeah. are like are like as good as his throwaway stories. I mean, if you really sit down and read all the stuff that he's put out. A lot of people don't realize he put out Stand By Me. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's put out a lot the of Green Mile. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. That's a, that was, uh, Shawshank was a short story. Yeah. Uh, do you think, and this is not a spoiler, but do you feel like Castle Rock is uh, a little bit tied into Shawshank Redemption? Well, they're all, it's it's all of his stories. Like that, that kid was found at Shawshank. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, that might be a it's just his nah. world. It's the just his were, world. That's what yeah. they're trying yeah, to tell. Yeah, the kid they were talking about finding by the railroad tracks. That's, that's the, stand, by uh, stand by Me. The yeah. rabid dog terrorizing the neighborhood in the newspaper That's clippings. Cujo. That's Cujo. Cujo. Remember the little girl? She said, my, her name's Jackie Torrance. That's the little kid from The Shining. Yeah. Yeah. She said, and she explains it. So is he just purposely tying a bunch of he's stuff perfect. together? Yeah. 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 Uh, it's on purpose. The town, Castle Rock, is where Shawshank was. Right no, it's up the road. It's up yeah. the road. Derry is the next town over. That's where it Derry was. Derry is where it was. Wow. The shopkeeper that come up missing. That's uh, Needful Things. So he's just 
kind of like doing a montage. They're incorporating homage. everything. No homage montage. Oh, homage to himself. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I think. Um, I don't know who wrote the story, but I think J.J. Abrams is doing because he's like the one of the, he's big. And I think he's one of doing the homage to uh, Stephen King. He's just using his world. Well, they're both. Uh, Stephen King's got a lot of director directorial input in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm was, sure it's I was his, Yeah, but there's a YouTube video explaining the intro scene to Castle Rock. Oh yeah, yeah. Nosferatu. They're redoing Nosferatu. Well, we've been talking about that for a while. It's, I'm not surprised by that. That's actually been in the making. Because uh, I want to say, uh, uh, Edward Norton was is in the new Nosferatu. It was supposed to come out last year. Yeah, like by the way, this list isn't stuff they're talking about. Like all of these are well into. Like I think it said a lot of these are coming out like next year. Yeah, and some of them's been put on hold. Yeah, but these are in production. This yeah. isn't like, hey, we should do this. This is like, uh, this is official word. Um, Nosferatu. The I've said this on here before. I watched them in order. I watched the silent film, yeah. and then the nineteen seventies one, and I didn't like. It was hard. It's hard to watch any silent film, obviously. Yes. But when I watched the one from the nineteen seventies, I was glad I watched the silent film first. You know they got sued, but it was good. They got the they got sued for Nosferatu because of the rats. No, the uh, the estate of Bram Stoker sued them the 1920s version of Nosferatu because defamination of character yeah oh. because of it it basically was the Bram story story well that's funny because the 1970s version got in trouble with PETA because um they had these these gray mice rats mm -hmm. or whatever yeah and they wanted them to be gray but they used white ones and they put some coloring on them and they killed them it, was, it made, made them sick killed a lot of them not all of them I don't think but they got like really because there was a lot of rats yeah. oh yeah and they got they got in a lot of trouble over that but I, I'm excited about it I mean it, it the one from the 70s is really good like I really really liked it I liked them if you wanted to watch yeah. it right now I'd watch it with you I like it. Yeah, I, watch it? I really like the, the silent one, the twenties. Can we do the uh, the little mystery science theater yeah. type yeah. thing? There the, you go. That's what we're talking about. We need to do that. Let's watch Nostra. I don't want to make fun of it though. I like it. Let's watch something we can make fun of. You can still make fun of it. True. I can make fun of anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we can do the Vampire in Brooklyn. Is that Eddie Murphy's yeah. Vampire movie? Yeah. It's actually pretty it's funny. Pretty funny. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Well, you could do the one that uh, Leslie Nielsen was in. We him in that one on the first. Oh, one. what is the name of that? Uh, Vampire Suck or no, I don't no, that, that was a new one. I don't remember that. I don't remember that one. Uh, moving right along before my laptop dies, The Blob. That's got. That's been ready for a new remake. Yes, yeah, they had one in the eighties. I don't know 90s? what to say about that one. Because the remake Good in luck. the, the remake in the eighties was a remake. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. that movie come out in the sixties. Fifty cents, a black and white movie. I knew that. That's yeah, right. it was it was literally a beat. That wasn't uh, Alfred Hitchcock, was it? I have no idea. Uh, don't I don't think, think so. so. We are fixing to Google find out. Nineteen fifty eight. Story by Irvine H. Milgate, no. I was thinking it was Who directed like, it. Oh, uh yeah, Irvine H. Milgate wrote it. So it was Irvine. Yeah. Yayworth that directed it. Budget two hundred forty thousand yeah. dollars. I bet this one will have a bigger budget than that. But what year was that? In nineteen fifty eight. That's a lot of money. <laughs> True. 
Well, the one in the 80s had a lot of money on it, and it was... It's it was pretty decent. good, though. It's pretty yeah, good. It was decent. I didn't hate. No, I didn't hate it. Jeff Harris, Jeff Ugly Shoes. If you were listening to this, you need to get in touch with the studio, with Hollywood, with somebody, and submit your song Reanimator because they're remaking Reanimator, and that would be so cool to have the Cemetery Surfers Reanimator. Oh album. hell yeah! Yeah. Or if you'll let us, we'll cover Reanimator and submit it. He's already told us we could. Oh, he wants us to. I think we should. That would. We be... played it on here before. We probably mm-hmm. will again in October. That would be awesome. You know, the H.P. Lovecraft has has really gained some steam as like an underground, like legendary, yeah. and that's that's one of his stories. Like it that that was like the first sci-fi horror movie yep. I, I think I ever saw. I've never seen it. Reanimator. Really? Yeah. I've got it somewhere. Yeah, I need to see. Uh, the Arkham Horror Game we've been I've been talking about for twenty years. Yeah. Uh, it's based on the Lovecraft <laughs> mythos. You realize how many stories H.P. Lovecraft has actually put out? A bunch. He's like, he's probably got Stephen King double. How do they do that? Do they just sit there? Like Stephen King, yeah. have you seen, like I, I went over to Tim's house before and he's got all the t- Stephen King books, all of them. And it's like a whole wall longer than this wall and that wall put together of just books. Yeah. And that's insane. if you got his short stories what? and how, if you got you, his... Is he constantly writing? Like, yeah. never like stop? Always, always writing. How yeah. does he sleep? You he writes sleep? in he like writes in between books. He writes, writes. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> he'll go on a tangent on something else in a book and he'll be like, that don't fit. So he'll take and write out another book while he's writing this book. But he, started, he started writing before there were ghost writers. Well, he started out writing under a different pseudonym. Well, he that was in between. Uh, he just he started out writing, and then he just kind of is in between books. Yeah. Usually, the in between books was his was his. I've, I've got all of them on audiobook. Was that uh, Bachman? Bachman. Richard Bachman. Richard Bachman. Yeah, Bachman. Uh, that's where he worked. Bachman was the um, like Running Man. Remember Running Man? Yeah. That was a Bachman book. Yeah. Reanimator was so sci-fi and so horror. It's, it's hard to blend genres and and nail it. And they had a little, they had that cheesiness factor, but it worked. It worked for that movie. But that, that dude, I think the budget for that movie was like Blair Witch low. Oh yeah, for sure. Even though they got what's his name to play in it. Now I don't want to say that's what really got him boosted in his acting career, but uh. Yeah, you see him in a lot more stuff since that movie came out. Which it came out twenty years ago, I think. Reanimator. Yeah. Shit. Like more than that. Has it been? Was it a seventies movie? Dude. Yeah. Eighties at least. Well, yeah, it'd be eighties now. I'm thinking twenty years ago. I'm still thinking. He's <laughs> just thinking twenty years ago is the eighties. Yeah, I'm still thinking eighties. <laughs> I guess the older you get. 1985. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, it's gonna have an R rating, and they're they're going to like they're going in a darker direction with the character. So they're going more along the uh, the comic lines. Hey, yeah, 
And he looks really cool as Hellboy. Yeah. Have you seen the pictures? Yeah. He lost like a bunch of weight and started training. Which got, kid? Which which guy is it? The guy that's the sheriff on Stranger yeah. Things. Yeah, I was really surprised that they were talking about redoing that one since it's... David uh, Harbour. It's really a newer movie. Hellboy came, the first Hellboy over. came out in 2004. 04. So yeah, it's re- dude, it's 14 years old. That is new for a remake to happen. Uh, yeah. That is almost unheard of because they still had they were still talking about doing one more movie in the franchise before that's uh, that's him. Watch his name say he wouldn't do it no more. He got some big old muscles. That's the original guy. I like how he still has that Ron Perlman act. He uh, really looks look. a lot like him, but it does look more modernized. It is going to be hard though to get the voice of Ron Perlman out of your head. Yeah, yeah. I think he can pull it off. Look at Jack. Look at that picture. He's like bodybuilder jacked, and that doesn't look like. I mean, that's not. Uh, that's him. Yeah. That's not like foam muscle suit. Cool. So anyway, the next one is an American Werewolf in London, which is one of my favorite yeah, horror movies like of all time. Yeah. Let's not forget, we've yeah. been here before. They did an American Werewolf in Paris, which was great. I thought. Oh, when's uh, the last time you watched I don't it? No, when it come out. Yeah. Okay, go watch it again. Those werewolves look like cartoons yeah. that uh-huh. they drew onto the film. Well, <laughs> that's crayons. That, that goes back to the watching it now and watching it yeah. when it yeah. come out thing. Well, don't get me wrong, like. The storyline for American Werewolf in Paris, to me, was great. They used all practical effects in American Werewolf in London. In fact, I don't know how many awards they won for that one a scene bunch. where he transforms yeah. into a werewolf right in front of your face you know, that was with the first, zero CGI. It didn't that exist was the then. first uh, transformation, full transformation scene ever uh, recorded. I forget how many hours it took. We need to look that up. I'm sure there's some special features we can watch on that. If you get the new one, the one they just re-released, yeah, it's got deleted scenes and. I bet and the HD version like has the Blu-ray version has a lot of. Blu-ray. You know that guy's gonna be at Biloxi Con. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Gulf Coast Con. I hope he makes a cameo. I really hope they don't screw this up. I really like. Yeah, it that would be. I, I seen that. I didn't like American World War from Paris because the thing I didn't like about it is it was nothing like the original. You needed. Well, it wasn't supposed to be. Well, this is a remake. It needs to be. And I hope it's... Pr- like, they can modernize it, but I hope it took takes place at the same time. Because this... American Werewolf in London was when it came out in the 80s. But it was taking place in the late 70s. Or something like that. Yeah. Because with today's way of communicating it, and the way things are nowadays... Like, that's another thing with those old... Me and my sister were talking about this one day. There's a lot of old horror movies and stuff where, like, the whole movie could have been resolved with, like, a cell phone. Yeah. Because they could have, called, <laughs> yeah. they could have like, so called somebody or Googled something. So you can't. Yeah. you got to go back. So you need that. it to be, like, what do you call that when you, uh, it needs to be. Period. A, a period. Yeah. And it, it needs to be a period piece set in, like, the 60s or 70s or something. But you can modernize it, you know, by today's standards, but have it take place. Yeah. Like in Hadley, where they have no cell phone coverage. Absolutely. <laughs> or <Becker. laughs> Or right here, where you only have two bars. Yeah. This is Smatley, so. But yeah, Smatley. whenever I seen that pop up, that's what literally made me email you. I was like, oh, I got to get his input on American World from I love it, love it. I'm going to go back and watch American World from Paris. Maybe I'm being too harsh. 
I thought it was a good movie. It's been a long time. But I, I yeah, I watched American Werewolf in London not too long ago, like recently. So. Oh, I watch it all. There, like every Halloween, I watch. There's it. one scene in that movie that when I was seeing it as a kid, it traumatized me. And the last time I watched it, I still jumped. But it's when they're in the woods. He's he wakes up in the woods in that bed, and all of a sudden that werewolf just runs out of nowhere oh, at yeah. him, and he's like, ah, yeah, dude, I flip out every time I've seen it. And that's the scariest part of the movie to me. Did you see the sequel? The American Wolf in Paris? No. You didn't see it? No. I need to go back and watch it. Is it really a sequel? Oh yeah, I guess yeah. it would be. Yeah. I liked American Werewolf in London. I mean, what a remake. No, it wasn't a remake. I liked American Werewolf in London, but the, the sequel, like I was hearing people, you know, talk about how bad they thought it was too, because I mean, you're not the only one that didn't like it. I mean, I've heard other people talk about the corny looking werewolves and stuff in it. And I was just like, it just never intrigued me to see it. I mean, I would watch it. Oh, I did. But y'all know me, I'm not one to listen to critics or other people. Well, you shouldn't. No. But you should listen to me. (laughs) No, because you're literally the worst of both worlds. Uh, yeah. I don't know what you mean by that. But that came out in uh, 1997. Yeah, I remember watching it when it, I think we went to the theater and watched it when it came out. Oh my gosh! Not to, again, not to, not to take critics. He <laughs> got a seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> which means it should be the most awesome movie in the world. <laughs> Maybe I think one of the only worst. I'll give scores. it. I'll give it a second chance because it's been since it came out. Like it had just come out on VHS when I watched it. I rented it. IMDb gives it like a two and a half out of five. Yeah, I, 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 we went to theaters and watched it. But no, I, I, no I agree. You shouldn't listen to critics because, I mean, maybe they have an agenda like they do against DC. Oh, whoa, whoa. Let's go to the next one. Van Helsing. Ah. Man, I really liked the Hugh Jackman Van Helsing. I was I hoping they would do another one. Would now, you know that's a remake in itself? Do you like oh, the Hugh sure. Jackman Van do you like the Hugh Jackman Van Helsing, or you just like the hot co-star and the hot vampire chicks? I like the whole storyline. Uh, they didn't. Hurt. Wasn't Kate Beckinsale the uh, yeah Kate Beckinsale? No, that didn't hurt at all. Um, because Dracula's brides were pretty hot too. Oh yeah, it, uh, until they yeah. like vamped out. Hey, they, they were still out, hot then. They just didn't have hot and like really creepy. Well, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe, now, like, you know, I'm, maybe I'm thinking about when they batted out. That was yeah, no, there was a difference when they turned into the bat. Yeah, the, yeah, that when they vamped out, it was cool, but when they batted out, it was just like, Ooh. It's like profile picture versus real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the angle. It's like, whoa, you did not look like that <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I really like uh, Hugh Jackman's Van Helsing. Now, the, the CGI left a lot to be desired in that, but... It was a sign of the times. Like, they they hadn't perfected CGI. Yeah, they, they yeah. were still working out the bugs. Let's see what year that came out. So Googling everything. Like, around mid-2000s? Mid what? Like 2004. Yeah. Oh, it got a low rating. See, you, it got 23%. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I didn't hate it. But, you know, but I don't think I'd... I think I liked it more because... Kate I mean, it didn't I, I, hurt. Yeah. I think it helped. That's just it. icing on the I think cake. it helped it a lot. Yeah, it, it kind of got really cheesy storyline-wise when they were the the eggs. 
yeah, they had to hatch with Frankenstein's monster and all that. That kind of yeah, because there was millions of them, hundreds of thousands, whatever. He gave a number, but no, yeah. they were Dracula's babies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I oh, said. they had to use Frankenstein. They had to, to use hatch Frankenstein right. to yeah, hatch yeah, him yeah. because he had the secret to life. I don't know. I mean, it was. I would. I would have still liked the movie if they'd have been ugly. I just liked it better because they weren't. <laughs> I'm thinking it. I mean, got, it doesn't hurt. I'm thinking, to have really pretty women. In I'm the movie. thinking. <laughs> 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm thinking it was 6 out of 10 on IMDb. I'm going to say... Where do you see that? It was 3 out of 5. Oh, you, okay. Well, 6 out of uh, 10, that's that's a I'm gonna solid say 7. At least 17% of the, the votes was because that Kate Beckinsale was hot. <laughs> Would you have liked Underworld if she like was... She made Underworld. Looking? I mean, her and Leather Pants made Underworld. Well, what, didn't, uh, well the, didn't the third Underworld didn't have her in it? Well, it had her her hotter mama or whatever. It had Ronald Murcher in it. it was just oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you, that's true. Y'all are losing. There was one underworld that, that she wasn't in it at all. And it yeah, kinda, but it had Ronald Murcher in it. Well, no, this one kind of flopped because it was... I don't like... It took her position or... I like the... I, I do like the story of Underworld. That's we need to do our Mystery Science Theater 3000 thing on Van Helsing. That's, that would be that perfect. Would be That'd be a good one. Because okay. it's... It's good enough to watch, but not great enough to say it's a great movie, right? I, I mean, I like it. It's got good part. I, here's, I, here's my thing. I don't think I, it's going to... I don't waste my time with movies, because there's so many movies out there to watch that, that I haven't watched yet as it is. Like Saw? Jesus. I, I was thinking that as I was saying that. I'm like, I'm setting myself <laughs> up. There's so many movies out there that I want to watch that I haven't watched yet. I'm not going to waste my time rewatching a movie unless it's like at a certain level. And I would rewatch Van Helsing. I agree. With I that. had the I DVD agree with that. and I rewatched it many times. Because now you've seen my DVD collection and my 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 movie collection, and there's stuff I still haven't. I, I bought because it was great one time, but yeah, I haven't rewatched them. Yeah, I'm what they call a movie file or hoarder. Movie uh, movie hoarder. You could say that, I guess. Moving on down, the we're almost at the end of the list. We got two more. <laughs> this one, uh, they're redoing the fly. That has been a remake that has been way, way overdue. Overdue. Yep. But you know what? I hope. I hope that instead of doing it about teleportation, I hope they do it about like cloning, like modernize it in that way. Why? Because teleportation is still one of science's. It biggest... would make it more real because. Oh wow. He just pulled up the... I don't know. It's still kind of hot as a bat. No. No. <laughs> no. He just pulled up the picture of the bride. Yeah, Rammed out still hotter. Yes. Yeah, so I see that's hot. Yeah, there's three stages. Of, that, that's hot. <laughs> Maybe he just goes back to the old Buffy days, but chicks vamp out. Yeah, they're hot. They bat out? No. Dracula was such an ass to them, too. Because like one of them got killed, and they were like crying. He's about taking it, it out on He's the like, other day. He, no, he was like, "It'll be all right." Like I got two more. Right. They're like, "Do we mean so little to you?" And he was kind of like, "Yeah." <laughs> like you ass. <laughs> you got three super hot wives. You should take care of them. But yeah, dude, we haven't achieved teleportation. You just like yet. them as a bat because they're kind of naked when they turn. Into oh yeah. <laughs> Kinda yeah. <laughs> So, um, but see, cloning has been achieved in our scientific technology. That's what would make it more like teleportation. Real. Still hasn't, and that Why? that is still like the holy grail. 
I mean, I would be fine either way, but I just think you could make a good movie and make it almost more, uh, re not relatable, but make it more real because cloning is a thing and it's something that we still don't know a whole lot about. And what if you are, are doing this cloning stuff and like some of the... A contaminated DNA? I, yeah, or... it turns you into a monster. Well, that'd be easy. They, <laughs> would, they would literally just yeah. kill it and teleportation's different because... He didn't know the fly was in there, and he slowly and gradually yeah, started changing. I, I'm going to have to agree with that. It the cloning would there would be more pro. It was an accident that he got fused with the fly, and I think cloning there would be less chance of an accident because he's not going to try. Unless you're cloning in your basement. Yeah. And well, cloning's like kind of illegal in a lot of places, yeah. so maybe they're like doing some underground cloning, and yeah, a fly they, gets in there and it gets cloned with them, and they're like, but they're still, "Oh, this dude's totally cool and totally normal," and all of a sudden he starts turning into a fly because he's got some fly DNA. But uh, I, I'm going to say if they leave it with teleportation, it would be better to me. I agree. Okay, well, have yeah. you seen the original, the the old what, black and white one? Yeah, with I Jeff Goldblum. No, that's no, not the original. That's a remake. remake. That's a remake. I don't know if I have. I'm sure I have. I haven't seen the remake. I don't think. I don't know if I have. It came out in. Well, the remake was 1986. What was the original? It had to be 50s. 58. Right there. Oh yeah. Let me see who. Vincent Price. No wonder it was so good. Oh yeah. No, I mean they did about teleportation in both. So. I guess you know. I guess sometimes the rinse and repeat thing will work. It's gonna have to be rinse and repeat. <laughs> That's uh, gonna have to be just because of the topic. I already got somebody pictured in my head to play the part. I mean, they just, probably already announced his play. Well, they do. If you go check IMDb, yeah, it's yeah. probably gonna tell you all about it. But there should be a link down below the uh, YouTube video. Fox is developing a remake of the horror classic *Fly* and is in negotiations with slight writer director J.D. Dillard. I don't know who that is. I hope they do Jeff Goldblum as cameo at least. Yeah. What's the what's the guy who played Lex Luthor in the new one? Well, now this information oh, right here is oh, from 2017. Huh? Jesse oh, Eisenberg. oh, yeah, yeah. He yeah. would be good. He's got that neuroticness, that fast talking. I don't know if he would, if they would be able to release him to do that though. This right here says 2017, where they're talking about the negotiations are yeah. underway. So okay, a so lot can happen in Hollywood it, in yeah. a year. Yeah, maybe filming that He's got that same Jeff Goldblum dialogue to him that yeah, yeah. that that would uh, fit. Last but not least, uh, and I'm glad they're doing this remake and doing it as a horror movie because I've never seen a movie in my life that had elements of like a kids movie, a drama, action, and horror, like legitimately terrifying moments in it, other than The Wizard of Oz. Well, you know, they redid the, when they did that remake a couple years ago with Franco. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oz the Great Oz, Powerful. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't see that. I didn't, I didn't watch it, that. It, 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 was, it had a little bit Wizard of... Doing Wizard of Oz movie as a horror movie. Well, it had a little bit of horror aspect in it. Just a little bit. Jason. Um, Ozland, uh, Michael Williamson, Kill Pop Culture alumni. And that was Kill Pop Culture then. Yeah. Yeah. Um... His Ozland movie, which is available on Amazon Prime, plug, plug, plug. I still had it had some Ozland horror movie. elements to it. It wasn't a horror movie. Yeah. I don't think. Oh, I don't. It wasn't a horror movie. 
I, I watched The Atonement. But The Atonement was a horror movie. That that movie was good. Yes, yeah, very I steer away from certain movies with certain actors in it because they get too weird in there. And James Franco's one of them. Yeah. See, uh, it depends on the movie. Jim Carrey's that for me. Uh, really? Yes. Hilarious. Uh, that and well, uh, Will. I'm ready for a new pet detective. Farrell. Will Farrell. I don't know uh, Will Farrell. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Yeah, my wife. I love Johnny Depp. I ain't watching that crap. Like any of his movies. Well, since Pirates of the Caribbean, I don't watch his movies anymore. Who's your favorite? I don't oh, the, know if I've seen anything. I forgot they had a Fly Two. Fly Two came out in he, 1989. Well, he done that. What was that? Stupid. I seen the trailer of it. and I said I ain't watching that freaking crap. They just ruined it. That shadow, shadow. Oh yeah, uh, Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows. Oh, I've got that. I'm it's not actually, watching. That is great. I'm it's not actually watching. really. It had Alice Cooper in it. I'm not it was watching. Good. I am not watching it. You can't yeah, make Alice me Cooper watch it. I'm not going to. No, sit and watch it. It's no. great. It really is. No. It's got him in it, and he's yeah, you know, it's, they they ruined it. He's I not, seen by the trailer they messed well, it up. Everything but he's not eccentric in that movie like he is in. And who done it anyway? Did Tim Burton do it? Yes. Yeah. Okay, not well, watching. yeah, because it had him and Helen Bonham Carter. It was very Tim Burton. Bonham Carter in it. I, hate Tim, I can't stand Tim Burton. Shit. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm you. not a. I'm not a fan of that Tim Burton style of yeah. doing things. Um. Well, you I know like, what's I funny? Like did you ever watch? Did you ever watch any of the original Dark Shadows? Oh yeah, yeah. See, that's why. Show. And it's not like the nineties. The nineties remake was good. Like that's why I was. Did you like the one in the nineties that came on NBC? Yeah, I remember the black and white one. Yeah. That came out. No, they did a remake in the nineties. I don't watch it. They tried Ben to. Cross. Yeah. Uh, it, it went for a season, and yeah, the, I thought it was good. The Dark Shadows and the the black and white soap opera. Yeah. I was hoping it would be more of a. Like that? No. And this it, it this movie the, was. They the, literally made the movie. They tried to turn it a little bit funny. That's yeah. my problem. A but, little bit funny. Yeah. No, it still wasn't. Yeah. The movie. Know. The movie was good, but I can sort of understand your whole concept of Johnny Depp too, because to me Johnny Depp, if he's goofy as Jack Sparrow or whatever, or he's mobster or whatever, he's still got that one. If kind there's of voice there's a, that just it sounds like Captain it, Jack Sparrow. It's the combination of the, of Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. Like yeah. Al, the Alice in Wonderland, never watched it. Willy Wonka, never watched it because it's them two together. Yeah. You mean Alice in the Looking Glass? Whatever. That yeah. that movie was. I'm not I've, watching. I've tried what about the Secret it Window? Uh-huh. Wasn't that, that him? Yeah. Yes. Good movie. Great movie. Tim yeah, Burton. Tim Burton. What? Tim Burton had no part in it. Oh, I was looking on my computer. I I forgot. I didn't realize y'all had moved on from Johnny yeah. Depp. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not a, them two together. I'm not a big Tim Burton. And he guy. does most of his movies with him now. I'm yeah. less likely to care about who's in it than if it's good or not. And he talks with if a, it's a good movie, I don't give a shit. Who's he talks in with it. the British he accent. Why does he talk with a French accent or whatever? The British accent. Yeah, yeah. because I, Dark Shadows. No, no, like in, in real everything. life. Yeah, he, he does that on uh, talk shows. You see him as a guest at uh, on it's a just talk weird. show. I don't ever, I don't ever watch talk shows. I don't shows. get it. Madonna does that, like. But like you from like Brooklyn or something. <laughs> what movie was that? Where the the rock band started out like they were always from America, and that one guy got kicked out, and he met back up with him. He's like, "Why are y'all speaking with a British accent? Like none of y'all are British. What are you doing?" <laughs> what movie was that? It wasn't Rockstar, was it? Rockstar. They was they were all of them were British except for Marky Mark. But he oh no no no, it wasn't Rockstar. Damn, what was the name of that movie? It was had it the, the one that had Tom the guy that Cruise? played Dwight. No, I know what you're thinking about. It had Dwight from The Office. He was the guy that got kicked out. 
Seems like I've seen that. I can't remember what it is. Either. Here I go again. Googling right, on my own. say this. I've never watched The Office. Yeah, I don't watch it either. Steve, Steve Carell, yeah. Steve, whatever his name is. I, he's one of, another one of those that everybody finds hilarious. And I look at right. him like, Never get he's it. stupid. The thing about it is, if he acts in a serious role, he Now, when he did 40-Year-Old Virgin, yeah. oh, my God, that, that, I pissed myself laughing. Uh, there's some movies where he's played a serious role. He's he's awesome in that. Is he? He does a great job. Yeah. I, see, I, I don't remember the. I pretty much like Mark says. I I will literally steer away movies if I see his name. He's not a star in the movie. He's not the main guy in it, but uh, he's just in it. And he's, yeah. He plays a pretty dark, creepy ass guy. He's see, they don't have dark. actors like Robin Williams and stuff back in the day. I mean, you've seen him in all kind of different funny stuff, but you ever see that movie One Hour Photo? No. I, uh, that's not a good movie. It's just not a good movie, but he <laughs> plays a creepy-ass yeah. uh, role in that movie. Watch that. The Way, Way Back. I think that's the name of it. The Way, Way Back. I think that's it. I mean, let, me, let me Google on my phone. The Rocker. That's what it was called. Never seen it. It's pretty funny. Like, he gets kicked out of the band like it's before they're famous, and then they get famous, and like he meets back up with them, and they're all talking to the British accent. He's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're not British. Maybe we should do that in Kill Jack. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, you said it. He wasn't ringing the bell because you said QJ. He was ringing the bell because he wanted to mark that spot to keep that idea. <laughs> that, and so I know where to edit from. <laughs> yeah. We'll start the podcast now. The yeah. Way Way Back. It's a really good movie. I'll have to check it out. It's a really good movie. It's not nothing. It's like a drama. Like coming to, they saw it a teenager. And that's Steve Carroll? Steve Carroll. Uh, it's got... It's like a serious movie, though. Okay. Uh, I don't mind serious movies. It's got Steve Carell, Sam Rockwell. Uh, I like Sam Rockwell. And Tony Collette. I'm just saying I would never base whether or not I would watch a movie based off of who's in it. I normally don't, unless it's Johnny Depp. But what if it's a really, really or good Jim movie? Because uh, there's been people that made really, really terrible movies and really, really good ones. <coughs> What if Johnny Depp, every movie he ever made was shit to you, but he did that one that you would have loved, but you never saw it because it's, it's probably happening. He's not going to roll the dice. On what was the, the name of it? Especially, yeah, if, it's it's a, Todd. especially if it's a Tim Burton comparison. Sweeney Todd was weird. It, I it liked was, it, though. I, I I didn't dislike Sweeney Todd. It was just too much of a, like a musical, though. Well, that's well, it's because a it's well, a Broadway I mean, I know, musical. But to hear Johnny Depp doing musicals. I mean, I know he plays in bands, and he's a good musician. Well, I didn't watch it because I knew Sweeney's Todd was a musical. Yeah. He didn't watch it because Johnny Tim Depp. Burton. I don't like musicals. It's Johnny Depp. Yeah. Little Shop of Horrors was okay. Little Shop of Horrors. Rocky Horror Picture Show was That's a musical. It. But That's yeah. about it. I'm like, Laura, Laura and Kara Brook has watched Grease so much, I pretty much got hey, memorized. Hey, I'm surprised. Uh, I watched it the other day. But I will, I, I will, I know Grease because they watch it. Yeah. I know both of them. I was sitting here the other night and watched Grease 2 by myself. Well, Michelle Pfeiffer's kind of hot. Yeah, but I just <laughs> like... To me, Grease was great. Uh, I like Grease. Grease and Grease 2, they were two great movies. Grease 2, I wouldn't call great. I did. <laughs> but, I mean, it was a rinse and repeat of Grease 1, except they swapped cars out for motorcycles. But still, I mean, it was a great movie to me. <laughs> Jerm, you haven't talked much today. What's wrong with you? You tired? Hot and tired. The spider bite's getting to you? I'm a bit. I'm a bit. You starting to regain your superheroes and you don't know your place in the world right now? I feel like I'm 
probably what's wrong with your what's wrong with your spider bite? He got bit like three, like he's got three like bad bites. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, uh, like since last bite. week, sure, it's a brown recluse. No, huh? It was brown recluse. Two weeks. Ago. Two weeks? Bam, bam. Oh, they look way yeah, better. Yeah, they're now. a lot better. Yeah, than oh, that that looks God, way yeah. better. Yeah, but I mean, they're that that healing point. Where but they, they don't really. And, and I'm just sitting here trying not to scratch. Well, they don't mess with your mind, though. Like well, a spider bite, though. Well, well, no, but I got venom in me now. So I've been now bit, I can climb walls. Like I've spider. been bit like four times by brown recluse. Says the guy who gets bit by an ant and starts talking. I hit the. I get bit by an ant, I fall out. It's a brown recluse. Brown recluse. I brush it off. I'm gonna say the potency of brown recluse venom is. Superior to the uh, yeah. ant bite. Unless you're allergic like Anthony is. The brown recluse affects me like an ingrown hair. That's about it. How okay. do you, do you well, know you've been bit by a Oh, yeah. Clothes? Like, give me a Z-Pack. And they eat a, eat, a, yep. eat a hole in my skin, but it's like, uh, but not <laughs> not like you see on Facebook. Getting a hole in your skin is kind yeah. of a big deal. But it's a... Uh, well, he didn't say it wasn't a big deal. He just said it doesn't affect him mentally like an ant bite. <laughs> right. An ant bite, he turns into... To me, he turns into Will Ferrell. I can't talk right. Yeah. And then he takes I couldn't tell right after I pushed him over my yard today. Yeah. That, that that was me the That's other day. Probably when I was, borderline heat stroke. I was probably pick, well heat exhaustion. I know another movie we could do. Ever. The the we, we, we can't call it Mystery Science Theater. What, what can we call it? We gotta have to have a name for that. We do need to come up with a name for that. Because you mentioned the movie, and I don't think you've watched the movie. How about movies we ruin? Movies, yeah, uh, movies we ruin. Uh, role models is a good one. I'd be good at that. We wouldn't make fun of it. It's just a funny movie we need to do. Yeah. The well, it's like, you know, I, I talked about on here when I brought up the idea that I listened to Chris Jericho do Phantom of the Park. They weren't making fun of Phantom of the Park, right. the movie itself. I mean, they made fun of aspects of it, but they liked the movie. Like, you can like a movie and make fun of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's points and stuff. But then remember that movie that you was talking about that they had everybody dressed up like Kiss and it was playing like, they were LARPing, whatever? Not to badass them. No, this is uh, The Role Models. This guy, the guy, the guy who plays Ant Man. Yeah. Oh yeah, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd and what? what's his name? Stifler. What movie is it? Yeah, Stifler. It's got Stifler. Sean. Sean, Sean yeah, Michael. Sean, Sean Williams. Sean, Sean Williams. Scott. Scott. Yeah. Sean Scott Williams. You need to watch Sean that Scott. movie. So I've seen seen it. It. Oh, I've he, seen he's, he's never seen. He's never seen Role Models. Oh, dude, it's funny. <laughs> it's it's so good. It's, it's funny. Just imagine if. If, if they took two kids, gave them to us to like <laughs> kind of babysit. Why the hell would they do that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the court ordered, all right. The court's like, all right, this is what y'all have to do for community service. And they give us two kids to try to mentor. I bet it's on Prime. I mean, you need to pull up and like watch it tonight. And then think of, of the the chaos that would ensue. It's one of those movies that. you can watch at and still yeah. still get it all. Don't you hate it when there's a like an older movie that you want to watch and you're subscribed to like three or four streaming services? You're like, surely, surely, and none of them has none it. Of, so yeah. you wind up having to like buy it, right? Well, what do you yeah. want? I probably got it. But see, I've done that before too. Is like go to like the five dollar bin or the three dollar, and it just happens to be in there. It just happens to be in there. Yeah. Like, yes. What movie was that we just did that with? Not long ago at all. It was an old movie. It was last I couldn't, week, even. I couldn't believe I didn't have it. I was like, I can't believe I don't have this. It was last weekend when we went to Walmart. Cannot, I cannot remember. And we were like, let's look through the dollar, the $5 bin. It'll probably be there. Well, it was the first one sitting up there. You said, oh, my God, I can't believe they got this because we we'd just been talking about it. Damn it, I can't remember. It was more than a week ago. I think it was two or three weeks ago. It was whenever I bought Super Troopers 2. Dude, that's been, so that's been almost a month ago. That was the weekend ago. that I stayed home that night, and you and Kelly just sat out here and watched that movie. 
We watched a couple movies. Yeah, we 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 had a movie night. night. Yeah. You know the funnest movie night we ever had was watching Terminator Genesis. I don't know why, but that because we got the projector going, and that was like that was like right after I first got the projector working. And we hooked it up to it, and we popped popcorn. I don't even think we drank that night. Yeah, we was drinking, but we did. We wasn't getting hammered. We, we weren't like drinking. But we were just drinking. We just sat there and watched. We ain't drinking. <laughs> we paused it, and be like, dude, I can't, dude, that was awesome. Blah 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 blah. Then we'd start it back over again, and yeah, that was a fun night. Another another. Uh, it well, wasn't a movie night, but when well, I we had, had the flu. flu. Yeah, you had the flu too. Yeah, so y'all, had, y'all, y'all being. We y'all both, were, we y'all, both had type A. Every episode of the ranch. Of the ranch. But yeah, like I had all, to like twist your arm to watch. Like it. The, uh, this window, I saw the sun go up and come <laughs> yeah. down three or four times. Through. Well, what it was is uh, y'all went Quarantine. out to eat one weekend, yeah. and I didn't go. So I sat out here and started watching it because Anthony had already yeah, badgered me about it. Well, y'all come in, and I was already on like season three or four and we started watching me and you started watching it and then you was like when we got when you got sick well we like was both sick but you was banned from the house i was like you was like dude let's, let's start over and i was like done yeah <laughs> no 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 i started where you were at and finished and then we started back over yeah <laughs> you started that night when y'all come back from going out to eat right. i don't remember what season you were on but i started where it's you like, were at and went to the end it was like two or three it's like two because i don't think it was, it three, was two. i don't think it was two because i don't think there was that many seasons it's only three right, seasons there was, out. there was four seasons is there four seasons there is four seasons is it i can't remember i thought this new one was the fifth season i have no idea at the idea. time it was four seasons at the time we watched yeah. four yeah it was a lot so of episodes. I was I was at like season two whenever y'all come in and because Anthony and Laura sat here and watched a couple with us because we was all just rolling. It's three seasons. Really? Counting the newest one? There's more than three. That don't sound right. Season two? Yeah. yeah. What does that mean? Five parts, three seasons. So number of seasons, five parts. So they released it in five like spurts. Okay, maybe that's on it. Netflix. So that might have been what it was because we, we were watching the, on Netflix. There was one through four. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, that that was a good week. It was just me and you, because we didn't drink at all that week. Mm. Except for Pedialyte and uh, vitamin C. I did drink a little. <laughs> uh, well, as I was recovering, my throat was like still hurting, and I would drink a little bit of uh, Jameson. Jameson. Every once in a while, yeah. Uh, yeah, what, what, what was that about Jameson? Okay, here we, go. we got it right here. Hey, Our shot glasses right from last yeah, night. Yeah, shot glasses. I, I cleaned them up. I heard somebody say Jameson, so I just reached back and grabbed it. Well, you did not do a wrong thing. <laughs> but before we got way sidetracked, you said something about there was a fly too. Yeah, I'd forgotten about it. I, I'm sure we watched it. I, don't I watched think it, I... but I don't know. I do not remember a fly too. I couldn't tell you much about it, but I know I watched it. That's shit. That's a lot of movies. Yeah. All right. Well, going by that that list right there, is there anything that y'all would like seeing in the horror genre remade? Because, you know, they just did uh, Evil We're doing Dead. the same thing. We're like, oh. Because there's so many things yeah. we... I think We're so scared. Like, we're so nervous. That's what I'm saying. Is there something you would like to we're see? We're apprehensive because we don't want somebody to screw yes, up our... Yes, I would like to see Leprechaun remade. Oh, yes. I would... Actually, Critters is kind of on my list. Uh, Leprechaun. Puppet Master. Or Ghoulies. Yeah. Pu- uh, Puppet, Puppet Master. Master. The uh, Gate. I would like to see it remade. Child's Play. Right. I would the game not, remade would actually be interesting. Yeah, I, I would not want to see Puppet Master remade. Ooh. 
Because they would not be able to do it justice. If they used Master of Puppets as the theme song. <laughs> Child's Play. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Just, yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, it's... it's even still, they're, like, part, like, 12. Like, they're still pretty good. There's, like, yeah. a new Chucky coming out. Um, well, you know, anything, anything before Bride of Chucky, I just quit watching. Oh, yeah. Uh, even though it had... I've uh, watched all those silly little... Meg Tilly in it. Yeah. Those silly, like... Ones after it, but Jennifer they're still Tilly. like Jennifer Tilly, yeah. Not they're still pretty yeah. good for what they are. Yeah, I would like to say that prom night, those remade, those cheesy ones. Prom April night. Fool's Day would be a good one. Well, yeah. you know, they remade Carrie, and yeah, it was, oh, it was good. good. I didn't like it. I really? I, like it. I thought it was I good. Like you can't beat Sissy Spacek as Carrie. I mean that movie. I don't think the first Carrie was that scary. That movie was pretty. Well, really it's scary. a different kind of movie. It's the seventies. It was a psycho. It was, it was a seventies psycho. I wouldn't. Thriller. I wouldn't call this movie a horror movie, but I mean, eh, it could be. Maximum Overdrive. <gasps> with the trucks. Ooh, you gotta be careful. You yeah. can't redo that one because so, they so, be we're so to, protective. And by we, like everybody from that era, like there's so many movies we're so protective. We're like, don't you uh -huh. dare. Like if they tried to remake Back to the Future. I would, I yeah, would go to Hollywood no, they can't. with a sword. There's no way they can do that. I would get your uh, John Snow well, what, no, that, uh You want the Claymore. I would get that Claymore from your house and I'll go to Hollywood. You gotta know what soundtrack that was? What band done the soundtrack? ACDC? Who made who, wasn't it? I thought Thunderstruck was in there. No, Who Made Who was for for that. Because that was the whole premise. Who Made Who? Made Who? Yeah. The Asteroid. Who Made You? Who Made? Yeah. Did you watch the roast of Bruce Willis on Comedy Central? Oh god. my god! You know, Did you see it? You know it I don't watch hilarious. TV. Yeah. I only watch TV it's when I come over it's, here. It's on, it's, it's on the internet too. It's on the internet. Get it? Well, I have to come over here to get internet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or just go sit in my driveway. You it's, get good internet in my driveway. <laughs> sit at the Walmart parking lot. Yeah, McDonald's. Yeah, don't do that. Walmart's internet sucks. Yeah, they do. I tried to do an up, an upgrade, an upload. Dude, I went. Uh, it depends on how close to the store you are. I went and uploaded an episode of this podcast at Walmart because my internet here was was going up and down and going through its bullshit. Well, you know you can do that at my house. Now. When this was before that. Oh yeah. I took this laptop and drove to Walmart and sat in the parking lot. You know, I usually do that at Subway. How do we close out just uh, around the bar segments? Let's just make it natural. Oh uh, yeah. Let's just be natural. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're definitely gonna go to a commercial. We got to keep the lights on. My lord, look how many empty beer cans and bottles we got just from the last hour of talking. Has it been an hour? At least. Yeah, it's been an hour yeah, and forty minutes. minutes. An hour Total. and sixty-five minutes. Total. We talked for a good forty-five minutes before anybody even opened a beer. Thirty minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was thirty minutes. We, we made up for it. Beer. Yeah. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, roll that beautiful bean footage. There you go. Shadow Stalkers Paranormal is a non-profit organization, a level-headed team with a knowledgeable background who tries to explain and debunk, not taking things solely as paranormal. They try to help their clients with an understanding about the paranormal. Shadow Stalkers Paranormal also gives back to the community by way of sponsorships such as this one, fundraisers for historical sites and individuals with terminal illnesses. They strive to make their team better and make a difference. You can find them on Facebook, facebook.com slash shadowstalkersparanormal38821. They're ready to believe you. I'm glad you, I'm glad you were able to join us for this outro, Anthony. Yes. So that I can be completely jealous 
described to me because you were you weren't here for the intro because you had to go to dinner. And mm-hmm. You went to mug shots and I wanted to go, but I couldn't. So tell me what you ate and tell me what you drank so I can gauge my jealousy. I ate the uh, hillbilly Philly cheesesteak without mayo, lettuce, and tomato, and a big boy eighteen seventeen amber. When you say big boy, tall. How big? Like thirty-two ounces. Yeah. You just drank one. I don't know if it's a thirty-two or not. I don't know what it is. It's the tall. It's just that big tall. They don't have ounces on there. But I got the tall. You only drank one. Yeah, hey, I only drank one. Well, you know we got to do our outro like kind of buzzed. Well, I well I've done two shots of Jack. And been drinking on beer. And I and I got a yingling ling ling. So there you go. I know we we talked about the Halloween movie during the round the bar segment. We did that like a week ago. We talked about Halloween movies, which we you said the Halloween, Halloween movie, didn't we? No, we did not. We didn't. Oh well, the new trailer just came out. I want to see it. Well, um, Jamie Lee Curtis, she's going all Sarah Connor. Oh, is she? Old Michael Myers, yeah. Yeah, I, I could. Yeah, I, I'm excited about it. I am too. Obviously, and here, this is what I want to do. It's coming out on the, I think, October 19th. Yeah. And uh, we have a bunch of good shows in October. I think what we need to do is, like, as a podcast, all go watch the movie and do an old school, like, uh, even though you can hear the car background noise, like, record us on the way to the movie, oh, on yeah. the way home. Yeah. No spoilers, but talk about, yeah, like, how yeah. good it was. Laura's a big Halloween fan, so Laura, I'll have to take Laura to go see it. That's so. fine. So, this is picking up after one, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they. I don't know why they didn't start at the end of two though, because the, at the end of one, like two started the same night. Right. They're just doing away with that half of the night. I don't want Michael Myers to die, and I don't want Jamie Lee Curtis to die. But I don't see how they're going to resolve it without one of them's got to go. There, yeah, one of them's going. Or yeah. could they end it like they ended the original? It, Not exactly, but like I don't know. Because like at a, the end of part one, he was shot. He fell out. Fell off the balcony. Fell off the balcony. Then uh, I don't. I don't remember if it was her or it's him. Or he looked over the balcony and he, the body wasn't there. You don't understand. It's Michael Myers. He's yeah. going to kill us all. <laughs> Not a terrible impression. You're spot on with impressions. What impression did he do earlier that was so good? Oh, the Crypt Keeper? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I can only do that once a year. I can't wait till next year. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's a whole lot of concerts. I was just going to say, it's that time of year. You should have done that again. It's like the first of September. Everybody's getting a Halloween early this year. I like that. Yeah. Walmart did, so I'm happy. This movie ain't hurting. I that I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy they that played that the doctor, what was his Donald Pleasance? Yes, Donald Pleasance. And the guy who replaced him in the remake and uh Malcolm McDowell. Mike, that that was a good casting on that part. Yeah. We've lived with with Jamie Lee Curtis's character and Michael Myers for so long that I don't I don't know how I want this to end. Yeah, I'll be sad if either one of them dies. Well, we've already seen. Like, well, we've already seen them die so many times yeah. before. I know, but I, I mean, kind of feel like this is kind of feel. Yeah, you this got that is feeling. it. Like yeah. this is this is not the end of the franchise, but 
This is two iconic figures. I think this is their last tango. I heard they got the shape. The guy who played the shape. Yeah, the yeah same guy. The original. Yeah. He's coming back to play. You remember that picture I showed you on Instagram yeah. where he had the Dr. Pepper can? And, and it had the 1970s and then the... the yeah. He did it again. Yep. So that's, I, I'm happy about that. I like that. I like that idea a lot. I, yeah, I think they're going all... I think John Carpenter... Even John Carpenter's got something. Yeah, going I mean on the, with the it. nostalgia. They're bringing is a whole. They're bringing out. all the people back. That's why I'm saying I'm so scared about how this is going to end. It's gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna take they're, it out. It's gonna have to have an end. They're gonna what take is it. this like Halloween? H3O? I don't. How are they gonna redo it from? I mean, I don't understand because you know. Jamie they've already Nick, redone it. Jamie Lee Curtis is not 20 years old anymore. How are they gonna pick it up from that night? I don't. No, no, no. It's it's not from that night. It's that. It's just that he's been in prison all. He's this been time. in prison. Is all. Is that what? It, and okay. she's been preparing for him. Oh, uh, so it's like. That's why I said she's gone. Sarah so it's Connor. Like T2, and he's here. Terminator. Okay. Yeah. And she's ready for the apocalypse. And he can't. She's say, been doing one arm push ups and chin ups yeah. and insane asylums. Yeah, and then when she finds not literally. out he's, yeah. he's loose, she's like on the hunt. He can't say I'll be back or have a grenade launcher. He can't say he anything. Just walks he can say a, this. He might could. He just walks with a butcher knife. He can turn his head to the side, <laughs> which is pretty creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else could do that and get away with it but Michael Myers. Yeah. Turning your head to the side. Most Like my dog does that when I yell at He don't like interact much with That's what was so big but different. I've already said this before. That was the big difference between Jason and Michael and Freddy. That was the big difference. Freddie, yeah. Talked a lot. Yeah. He he got all up in there. Jason and Michael, they don't. Yeah. Um, and Leatherface, they're not a big They talkers. just don't say nothing. They're not big motor And Freddie was like, how sweet, fresh meat. <laughs> Bon appetit, bitch. <laughs> bon appetit, bitch. Leatherface did this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was doing that. Put his tongue through the mask. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, they didn't say nothing. Even Beetlejuice talks. Be good for your daughter, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> was that a horror movie? Uh yeah, it was to me. Was it? Uh, no, it wasn't a horror movie. I enjoyed it too much to be a horror <laughs> movie. I laughed too much for it to be a horror movie. You looking forward to our hundredth uh, anniversary? Yes, I am. I was talking to Laura about it earlier. Hundredth anniversary. It's There's no day. podcast that will have a hundredth anniversary. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess we could die. Like, well, new people could take over. Yeah. We could have a 100th anniversary. This yeah. is what we're building our children for. Yeah. This is your uh, Our great-grandchildren will have the 100th anniversary. They'll do it. Hey, they'll do a Halloween special at our tombstones for the 100th anniversary. Yeah, for that, would, that won't be weird at all. <laughs> uh, just, 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 we'll have, like, USB and... That uh, would be so cool. Like, we'll have, like, a... I'm going to say it right now. <laughs> I want there to be a 100th anniversary of real pop culture... And I want to be the paranormal ghost. That ghost y'all are is we're investigating. Y'all are coming back for Mark Klingon. You have like a original pre-signed. You, you have a pre-signed hard line in there with Wi-Fi and everything. <laughs> yeah, no, look. <laughs> you need to remember a special message right now, just to tell them for that. It's like, hey, yep, we did it. If Mark has a special message to go on into the afterlife, it's gonna like, shut. <laughs> You're not wrong. I know you're not big into comics, Anthony, but uh, while we were waiting on you to get here, I let Germ listen to the Chuck Dixon interview, mm-hmm. and he was like a giddy little schoolgirl. Yes. Whenever, I'm not even going to tell him about the dance I did. He's like a giddy little girl when I, when I bring him a beer, though. Well, it's a good beer, usually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't bring bad beers. Yes. 
uh, whenever Chuck Dixon was explaining the uh, the reason why Bane doesn't out Batman as Bruce Wayne, when he was explaining that whole thing, Germ was like, "Yeah, <laughs> I just looked at mind Mark. blown." I just at <laughs> He's like, "Cause that's their secret, and yeah. if he let it out to the world." It, it wouldn't be fair because it would be lose no the more. power of having right. that. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I nerded out yeah. a lot. I feel like, I said this the other day, I think to Kelly, and Chuck Dixon is so humble, he would just not be into this idea. He would totally deny it and yeah. laugh it off. But Chuck Dixon is like, as far as Batman and DC Comics, he's our modern day Bill Finger. Because think about the characters he's created. Think that. about the stories he's done, and he's still with us. We can still talk to him. Yes. Like, we can't talk to the person that created the Joker, you know. We, we, can't, talk to, we can't talk to Bill Finger, but there's a, a iconic character standing next to the Joker in the rogue gallery right. that's, of villains that's that will always be there. And we can talk to the guy that created that. Yeah. And we did. On this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not one of those rambling, oh my God, they're talking about comic book stuff again like we do around the bar I, a lot of times. I, I like the last Chuck Dixon interview. I listened to it. I liked it. Did you listen um, to episode nine? Yeah, I listened yeah. to it. I did too. This one is so much better. Yeah, uh, yeah, I listened to it. I, I appreciated it. Oh, uh, dude. It's... That's the cool thing about this is amazing. Being, just one cool thing about being on a podcast that's gone almost a hundred episodes now. Yeah, I don't remember a lot of the episodes we've done. I mean, the hard drive can only hold so much. So, yeah. So when I go back and listen to old episodes like that, it's like I'm listening to it for the first time because mm-hmm. I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, I haven't listened to the Salvatore one, but. That's the first one I had a part of. It was the Salvatore one. And that was that was a lot. What episode was that? It was. It was around that time. It was around that time. You need to hold on to that because we're interviewing each other for episode ninety nine. Yeah. For how we came into this. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, that was. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. And that was my idea. That was your idea. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the hard drive can only hold so much, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> some of us has a flash drive. Some of us has a hard drive. Yeah, but most of us just drink too much. I think I've still got a CD-ROM or a floppy. I got a, I got one of those. Little, yeah, I got, a, I got a three, three point five floppy disk. I got a memory. fifty-five cent memo pad. Do you like you got when you write when you was in the first grade to write your assignments on? That, I, that's I my hard drive. You know, we talked about doing a uh, an episode where we watch a movie. Yes. Well, again, the round the bar segment that y'all y'all just heard, we recorded that a, about a week ago. We were talking about Van Helsing. Yes. Well, Germ raided the $5 bin at Walmart. And found Van Helsing with Hugh Jackman. There you go. And if the planets, like, the planets and stars are aligning so well for everything, it's, it's starting to freak me out a little. Because yeah. Chuck Dixon is now writing Van Helsing comics. <gasps> yep. Like, yeah. currently. Cool. That's all right. Like, you can, you can ask Mark whenever he... Uh, he mentioned that when I was listening back to it. I had that whole, oh my God moment. Because, like, we talked about this earlier. It's like, there's no reason it should not have a line like it did. But it did. So how, how the, uh, 
what do we call on that? We did not come up with a name. I do remember we not. We didn't, I think we did. We did I think not. I blurted out a name that sounded pretty good. No, you just come up with. No, we did not come up with a name. I think I did. Uh, I haven't listened to this episode because I'm, I'm literally recording it as I speak. I'm okay. Like I'm other not, people are listening to it, but I haven't listened. to well, it. Well, I might. But when I listen to it, I will tell well, you if I'm right or wrong. Well, I might eat crow, but I don't think we did. Well, if we did, yeah. we need to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, I don't know. know. But I don't think we did. We can't. This is a Spaceballs moment. We can't listen to the episode because we're making it right now. You ready? You ready for this? I'm not. Don't hit me. I don't want to hear all the crap. I don't watch Spaceballs now. Oh, that's right. You don't like silly comedy. Oh, yeah. I'm a sucker. <laughs> I, don't want, I, I am a I sucker. Don't watch, I don't watch comedy. Yeah. The sillier, the better yeah. for me. But you, you like all my stupid jokes that I tell that are so candy. I like you, Mark. <laughs> you just like me. <laughs> I was in Spaceballs. <laughs> he puts up with Spaceballs. I wasn't, but I should have been. It's a little before my time. You'd have been a really cool, kick-ass character on there, though. Speaking of Ari Salvatore, you just finished the book. Yes, I did. Did you read it or listen to it? Uh, I listened to it. Uh, timeless. Uh, I blew through it in like a day. Uh, Let me ask you a question. If I was to just pick up a Dritz book, like the new one, and mm-hmm. just read it. Would I be totally lost, or do I need to start from the beginning? Because there's so, there's what thirty. It's like, but well, there's like thirty years. It's, this is the thirtieth anniversary. I mean, how many books though? I like thirty five, thirty two. Thirty five, thirty two. It's, it's the over thirty. It's in the thirties. So yeah, the first book was written in nineteen eighty eight. Which was the Crystal Shard? Mm, yes. No, the, Homeland. The, the Crystal Shard. Oh. Uh, the, it was the um. What was it? Are there jumping on points throughout? Is what I'm asking. Is are I, there, as a fan, if you just to you're me, like, I'm interested in this drit stuff. Like, where do I, where do I come in? To me, no, and that's my problem with comics because I can't jump in there. I'm, I, you know, I can't double dutch. I don't know how to get up in You've there. You've never heard of DC, yeah, but because uh, they love jumping on points, and they create them all the time. But I, I don't know how to jump into something in the middle of a story. I, I can always tell you, go back. When it comes to DC, it's easy. Okay, but uh. In fact, but, they create too many jumping on boards. Salvatore, a lot of people, like I'm on the Forgotten Realms, I think I've said it before, I'm on the Forgotten Realms group on uh, Facebook, and lots of people ask, what is a good starting point for Forgotten Realms novels in general or Salvatore's The, the Dritt Story? And uh, Salvatore has put out a list in the order that you should read them. Oh. Yes. Because. What do you start with? Uh, he starts with the Dark Hill trilogy. Is what he starts with. Is that the first? Which is the prequel. The prequel. It's a prequel. Car uh, started out with the three, the Icewind Dale trilogy, which is the three books, and then it went back to the uh, the Dark Hill trilogy, which is which is before. And then he wrote another novel in between. Some he wrote like five other novel five novels. It's a what do you call it? When the five saga a saga? I don't know. Uh, he wrote five books. And those five books, eventually on through the Dritz story, since it's all in the Forgotten Realms, those characters get involved in the stories together. Yeah. So I was kind of lost because I didn't read those stories. I did not read the, the Cleric Quintet. Uh, and those characters in that got placed into the, the Dritz story with uh, one of the big... The continuity. Yeah, one of the big Orcus Dwarven Wars they uh all those became involved because hmm. it's a it was a big war so i mean everybody around was involved 
So because I'm super familiar with the Forgotten Realms and I've read some stuff and I'm familiar with Dritz, but I'm really wanting to like bite in. I'm not a super fan of the narrator of the audio. But books. I don't I don't want to I do want to start at the beginning. But I don't mind starting at a good jumping on point and then going back no. to the beginning. No, because I've had to do that with start, start at the beginning. Start at the beginning. Uh, I got the Dark Elf. I think I told Jeremy I'd let him borrow. I got all three of the Dark Elf trilogy. I have one big compendium. Compendium. Yeah, yeah I think that's where it's compendium. Going. That's four syllables. Shows over. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cue the music. <laughs> well. But, uh, I said executive earlier. We just all three books in the one. One big book, uh, and actually, I told my wife or asked her, to, I don't have the other books. I have some of their newer books, I, like, like the last eight or nine, ten, eight or nine, somewhere under there of the, the books. But uh, the earlier books, like the, the Ice Dell trilogy and all those, I don't have those books, so... But you can tell that just in... I would like to have them. When it comes to audiobooks in general... Because there's such a demand for it now. People don't have time to sit down and read books mm-hmm. like they used to. But they got time to listen to them, whether they're at work or on the commute or on the treadmill. You've got time to listen to books. Well, now you have really good narrators. Right. And sometimes like, I really like it when the person that wrote the book narrates it. But uh, some of those old, old books from like in the, in the 80s and 90s, um, those are hard to listen to. It's hard to listen to. I can listen to some. I'm like, I don't even know why you even did this. Um, why did you? Some of them are horrible. Like, uh, what was it? One of the uh, the token. They, they redid one of the. Uh, Shane would kick me right now. I know he's listening to this because he's such a Lord of the Rings fanatic. But there was a one of the original Lord of the Rings they redid because like the narration was just so. He robotic. kept smacking in between his l- words. Hey, you you you'd hear me smacking. So you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it was hard. I tried. I, c- I had stopped it? listening to it because I couldn't listen to it. I can't. I think it was the. It wasn't. It wasn't the Hobbit, or it might have been the Hobbit, because you can hear him smacking in between, like when he would take a breath or something. What's funny is was, like a lot of the ho- times those vo- old voice actors would put like a throat lozenger in in their in their mouth. Yeah. Well, they, you can hear that clacking around clacking on your around. teeth and smacking but, uh, and salivating like that. <laughs> there's, there's um. And those condensers pick up everything. Pick everything up. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a big. He, the guy's not bad. I'm just not. After reading, you know, 25 of the books and then listen to an audio of it, it's um, it's different because I didn't start out listening to. It. If I imagine if I'd started out listening to audio, it'd been okay, but. I know I say some of the words different, some of the names different, pronounce some of the, you know, they're all weird names, especially when you get in the, the, the dro. I mean, I just done it just then. It's drow. The drow stuff, it gets it gets right. weird. Uh, well, I've, I've read books cover to cover. I have, despite what people might think. Yeah. Not a huge fan of reading that much. But I've listened to, like, a ton of audio books. And I don't feel less gratified at the end of listening to an audiobook versus reading one. Oh, I do. Do you? Yeah. You feel like you cheated? Like uh you know, you get the gist of it, but it's not as good as reading the book. And and I just say that of course I wouldn't I don't know if I would get the same gratification from reading Ready Player One. Uh so I'm it's books that I I don't know, I guess I would have to disagree. 
on one major point, people other than me can read books really fast. It takes me a long time. But I can listen to a book pretty fast. So my memory of what happened in chapter one is still fresh when we get to chap- chapter 20. When I'm reading a book, it takes me so long. I'm like, where the hell are we at? Yeah. Like, I, I have no context. Well, I read a book in three to four days. Okay, I, well, that's the difference. That's what I'll read a book I in. can't. But uh, I'm going to have to. Comic books, that's yeah. it with me. I'll listen to, uh, I'm going to listen to the last. Like, I have to reread whole chapters mm-hmm. because I realized my my eyes kept going scanned when you, it. Right. And my brain was going, what if you wrote a song you could smell? <laughs> I do that. What if I had like, super, What the hell? What if why I is I my mind thinking about that? What if I could fly? What would I do? Yeah, I do that. Yeah, but uh, would I get, poop on people like birds <laughs> yeah, do? Sometimes. Would I pee on them? I uh, believe you. Could yeah. Fly. Uh, yeah, you get. You get uh, it's different. So, to me, I'd rather read the old way. The Dritz books. Okay, let me put this in perspective what I'm trying to say. I think if you watch the movie and don't read the book, you're robbing yourself. But if you listen to the book audio and don't read the book, you're not robbing yourself Is in that way. Oh, yeah, I completely do, agree. Do you agree with that? I completely agree with that. Okay, we can I, agree I, there. I completely agree with that. I have, in, I have time invested... <laughs> what? He's doing the Windex bottle. <laughs> no Windex bottle. No going back. Yeah. Uh, there's certain uh, authors like Terry Brooks that I've read. Some like the all the sort of the Shannara books. All those books. There's a lot of them. Uh, the audio books are just a, a filler of the content, but I don't really get the. I can't say not the gratification because I know the story and I, I'm fulfilled. But it's like somebody told me about it instead of if I read it, I guess. Of course, they told me about it. Same with the Dritz books because I read 25 books and then listened to five on audio. But yeah, a lot of it, I guess, has to do with perspective. Uh, One thing that I like, and I've only had this happen a handful of times, I started out listening to a lot of uh, professional wrestlers' books. Mm-hmm. And like they would narrate their own book. Oh, okay. And they would like add stuff that, that, in yeah, they would that add, wasn't add in the book. some stuff, yeah. Like uh, for for example, Mick Foley's "Have a Nice Day." That was yeah. like the first huge wrestling book. There's like New York Times bestseller for like ever and ever. And he was talking about this girl that he dated. And I forget the exact verbiage, but he was like, "By the way." I know my lo- my wife isn't going to listen to this. <laughs> and he went in like a little side story oh, yeah. that wasn't even there in the book. It? Okay. And I was like, now that's cool. Now. Because these... nobody's going to tell their story like the person that wrote it. Right. You know? These sci-fi books that I'm reading, I, I kind of separate sci-fi. I know it's all in the sci-fi shelf. It books a million. But, you know, to me, there's fantasy and then there's sci-fi. Sci-fi is all spacey stuff. D and D is not. Uh, it seems like fantasy is more dragon medieval, right? That's like me. Great Game yeah, of but they put it into sci-fi is more aliens and space. That's me. They not that's not a, an exact thing, but it yeah. is kind of the the general. Well, I'm reading the books I've talked about the last couple of episodes. Has been uh, they've been real spacey books. They got a lot of s- space jargon in there and zero. hashtag space dragon. 
dragons. Just merge both of them. Zero. Uh, just kill the whole uh, analogy we just did. They got zero gravity and all this other stuff and vacuums and you know space. So it's a, it, reading those novels would probably be a lot of technical jargon that would probably go, eh, and I would throw the book. But listening to it, I can listen to it. And if I get lost, I can just back up 20 seconds and listen to it again. Yeah, for me, audiobooks are the way to go. Yeah. It doesn't work with comic books because there's such a visual aspect with Especially comic books. And Will, I'm such a fan of art. Yeah. If Will Whedon could like narrate every audiobook, that would be great. Now, the, the, the Lord of the Rings guy, I mean, not the Lord of the Rings, the Game of Thrones guy, it was it was great. Was it like the same guy for all of them? Yeah, he That's died. He I died. Like. He died last year. He's got the world record for most separate voices for characters in a book. See, I like that. He did and that's going back to Will Wheaton. Like when that when a spoiler alert when it got to the end of Armada and he had the the voice of the totality. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was so like, it's to it's, me, it's, it's sounded yeah. like Unicrom from the original Transformers he, cartoon <laughs> movie, right? Yeah. He did a great job. Nerd. Boom. He did, he did a great Winners. job, but Winners, uh, whatever. See naked women. Again. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> you're right. That uh, that oh, he was old. He done a voice for every character in Game of Thrones books, wow. which is a lot. Game first book is like eight hundred pages. You know when you have a good narrator, when they do like it's a it's a dude and he does a girl's voice and it doesn't make you giggle. Yeah, like yeah. if I start doing a girl's voice right now, y'all would giggle. Yeah. I just thought about you doing just a girl's voice. See, you're just thinking about it. Just I haven't even done it. Go back to being the old Killjoy singer. <laughs> the one that used to hit the high notes that would break glass. All right, I think we got a long enough outro now. Got all your notes covered and everything? I think this is going to be my favorite, top three favorite episodes ever. Yeah. Okay. I, I'll let you know. What's been your favorite episode so far? I, I really... I think... Uh, I don't know the episode number, but it was right, that so first. No, actually, it wasn't. It was that first um, uh, Halloween, and you had that. Uh, one of the authors you had on there was really good. It wasn't. Wasn't Barbara Sillery? Yes, her. She oh, was that great. was a good episode. She was great. Yeah, uh, I liked her, and uh, I like you know, of course, I like Doctor Brown too. And we gotta have him back. It'd feel weird if we didn't. You're just a Halloween fan. Uh, yeah, but everybody likes our Halloween. It, was, it wasn't Everybody's just about it wasn't good. just about you know Booger Hank's ghost and you know creepy things. Oh my! It was it's it was a, it was about it was informative. It was more than just uh, there's ghost because I seen one in 1973. You're starting to get to come out with yeah. us more and stuff too yeah. now. So like going out on live locations and stuff. How excited are you about October? No, about all that live look. We talking about live locations. Uh, you tell me the places where Booger Haynes was. Yeah, didn't they tear I, down that college, I, though? No. They no. didn't? I know of. It's still there. Somebody I, told me they told that to tore it down. I have no we idea. We haven't been there yet. I haven't told, no. Well, I went there I, last year with him. I, I asked him, and they said no. Yeah. So we go out there and look for a no. That's what they said. They I didn't tell them what they was looking for. They said no. Oh, you tried to get permission? Yes. Oh, I, I don't do that. No. Oh, you okay. <laughs> well, 
Well, we didn't get permission the day we went out. Okay. <laughs> you don't want Use to. the dummy law. Like, man, I am so lost. I wish I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you're here, man. Help me out of here. I don't know how I got in the middle of this. I don't know why I'm even doing this podcast, but we just we just stumbled into some shit. <laughs> I don't know how I got out here with a table set up, and laptop, microphones. This looks like some Egyptian pyramid stuff. And, uh, I don't even know what's going on, man. Ghost monitors never. I'm rain. glad you called the cops. <laughs> yeah. I was finna call them myself. <laughs> uh. I'll sit outside and watch the equipment. I ain't going in. He won't. He won't go. Yeah. In. Look, it's called. Reading, it's called gorilla style. It's called. Yeah. Okay. All right. Go in gorilla style. Uh, well, I can't. I can't run fast anymore. You need to go in Keith Kong style, yeah. where you just have to take like. I. Uh, there's been a time when I've you know ollied up you know over police cars and ran across the top of their hoods with my skateboard in my hand. Uh, yes, that happened. But uh, I, can't, I can't do that no more. Hey, look, it ain't even about that. He literally took me out there to show me this place, mm-hmm. and me and Laura walked all up in this place, and it does give me an eerie feeling. I sit outside. He stood outside the door. He wouldn't come in the door. He showed me where the the cache was. Geocache. Yeah, the geocache. That's why I found it. I went out there finding the geocache. There, there you go. That's our end. That's right. So, man, that, we're just out here geocaching. Why are you tripping? <laughs> Yeah. Why are you out here with a, a drones and SWAT team? Like we're just, man, we're just trying to find some bitcoins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bit- they hide them in treasure chests and bury them in Civil War colleges. <laughs> you remember when the ocean used to flow through here? There's like dead man's chest out here. I found shark teeth in Wren. <laughs> I really did find short teeth. I know that. You took me out there. <laughs> we just went off the rails. No, we didn't. That's good, though. People like crazy train. People like that train. <sighs> Bring it back. Use your mind. Bring it back. <laughs> we got we to gotta get out of here. What time is it? We got to end this podcast. 9.32. I got to go watch Castle Rock. Do you realize that our next episode is 99? 99. We're going to we're gonna interview ourselves. That was your idea. You yeah. forgot about it. I remember now. Are you gonna interview me? Who's gonna interview me? All uh, of us. All of us. All of us. Yeah. That's the whole. Oh, uh, you know what? I'm gonna put together some statistics about the show too. We're gonna do like a good history of real pop culture. Is it sustitute? It's hard to say. That's what throws it off. It's so hard to say. You think it's more stellar. Well, if you have a complicated word, just say it really fast. And nobody will know if you messed it up or not. Yeah, like just a position. Nah, I'm a mistake. Mama Sue, Mama I wonder if smart people listen to this show and are like, ugh. So frustrating for them. I could imagine. Yeah, probably. Yes. Maybe their brain just needs that vacation. Maybe so. Like I'm I mean, tired of being smart. I'll, Let me listen to real pop culture. Throw some, <laughs> throw some big words in there. I can be their, their. Uh, I'm, uh, try, I'm trying to put it in in a, in a context, and I can't. I do literally, it, so. I literally feel like right now we need to apologize for dumbing down yeah. the world because we're not just in America. We need to apologize. We're for in like down almost down. eighty countries again. Yeah, yeah eighty countries. And they have all. Should we apologize on behalf of America? Sorry, I don't know how to do that outside of um, English. Like, that's how are people in 
other countries listening to us if they don't speak. Most people in other countries speak two languages. Yes. Oh, so we're just lazy bastards? Just dumb Americans. They only speak one. <laughs> yeah, we only speak like, one. Like, I know Pig Latin better than I know any other no, language. I can't even remember that English. anymore. I speak English and I speak Southern. Down there. Down there. Oh, dang old diddly do. Mm. All right, let's sign off. See you later, bye. Wait, whoa. 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 You said sign off. That's what I did. Hey, on, Haas. Haas. That's something they ain't heard in the Mother 80 look, country. Look, look, Haas, it's Haas. Hold on, Haas. Right, but if you're making fun of Haas, you say Haas. Haas. Yeah. <laughs> you, do, you don't get hand. I call, people, I, I call people Haas when, they, when I don't know their name. You say Haas cat. I'm all, uh, I call them catfish, too. Whoa, <laughs> catfish. <laughs> whoa, Haas cat. Cat daddy. All right, we got to get out of here. All right. It's been a good show. Probably one of my favorites. Thank y'all for listening. This is Real Pop Culture, episode 98. We are broadcasting live from high atop the first and only floor of the Kill J headquarters from the Kill J Ranch. Love you, bye. See you later, bye. Love you, man. Damn, that was too perfect. Yeah. Perfect sign off for a perfect show. I don't think I should go second anymore. You should. Do you want to redo love it? you, bye. See you later, bye. Love you, mean it. It's two byes back to back. Oh, jeez. I think it should be love you, bye. Do it again. Take love you, mean it. I'll, I'll point at you. I'll point at yeah. you. Yeah. Right. You know what? That makes sense. All right. You I'm go just, third. You just being picky, but I'm just saying. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Real Pop Culture, episode 98. We are broadcasting live from high atop the first and only floor of the Kill J headquarters on the Kill J Ranch. See you later, bye. Love you, man. Love you, bye. Was that good enough? Mm-hmm. Was that good enough for you? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Jesus. Mm-hmm.